0: Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over fifty gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at four DP, unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit 4 plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. Ctmobile.com.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to the Fire Escape. On this week's show we have writer, producer, and activist Agunda Akeyo. We have a pretty good conversation and it runs a little long, but I think it's uh, pretty interesting. And let's uh, let's take a listen to it. Thanks, y'all.
2: It was an interesting film, though. And he just
3: transformed his body. I mean, I sent Tom Hardy again. He's like a. Beast, dude,
2: you know, I, I like that dude. He's just, yeah. he's just, you know, he's fun. like you want to hang out with him, right? Yeah, like, he's like
3: there's something cool about him, and you know he struggled. Like with, he struggled with addiction, and he's like Ooh, super I'm Yeah, um, he's a bit of a maniac, by yeah, all accounts. Like, like yeah. a lot of actors, in UK like No, I was at drama school with um, well, she was a few years below me. His now wife, Charlotte Riley. I don't know her terribly well, but met she's like so very cool, funny Northern chick. But mm-hmm. but uh, so a lot of my mutual friends have met him, and apparently he's really, really nice, but also like quite mad, you so, know, yeah, like, I, in the best sort of way. I
2: like that. I, I actually enjoy that. I'm like, yeah. I like uh, Like He's got his madness yeah, on the glint. like Oh, you know. Yeah, he has yeah. the glint
3: in the eye, doesn't yeah, he? You know yeah, yeah, I, mean? I like
2: that. It's like, <laughs> it's
3: like good. It's channeled. You played a Welshman in a movie recently called Locke. Did he sound like a him, Welshman? Which is just him in a car. He did not. But he then didn't. you see, yeah. I don't sound much like a Welshman. Even yeah. I'm a Welshman. So yeah. I, was, I, I had a lot of. I, you know I forgave him Is what I'm trying to say is In the same ex- way That I forgive myself Is
2: your accent
3: Welsh Or is that more of No my, I have a, much more Of a London yeah, accent yeah, I spent I suppose in London I've always moved Between the two But London. I was in Wales When I was very small My mum and dad Are both from Wales Oh okay but, And then we just Moved between the two For the rest of my life But I was at school In London So I have a My the voice Georgie. is North London North, North and London North London
2: <laughs> Wait, The main Two things I know About Wales Is you guys have A lot of consonants In your words
3: only consonants yeah. is the way I choose <laughs> to believe it. We should be getting this all down. We should. Be. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm,
1: re- I'm recording already. Oh, I really? figure we'll go into an <laughs> intro in a little bit. <laughs> okay, right. I we might actually just, just start it. You know, whatever. Oh, well, hey, we're here already. We're, we're, we're just here. here. We're yeah, ready. listen great. up. This is good. Yeah. Great, great, great. Yeah. So, the the fire escape. Escape. I think but oh,
3: the, the, other one is, um, the other
2: one is, the other one is the, who writes "Don't Go Gentle into That Good Night."
3: Uh, Dylan Thomas. Dylan Thomas. He's rage, like, right? rage against the dying and yeah. the yeah. light. Yeah. I mm-hmm. memorized that one at one point. Yeah, that is a beautiful yeah. poem. He's like the bard. I mean it's, there's this history of. Where, I don't know if he talked about this before, but like the cultural forms of Wales uh, I think it's probably, I mean, nowadays it's kind of everything like everyone's in kind of works in all different forms and medias, but historically it's kind of lyric poetry and song, like choral song, people sing it together. And also, Dylan Thomas poetry is a child's together. Christmas mm. in Wales. Yeah, right? he did a child's Christmas
4: in Wales. Is yeah. he the one, which you may have already said this when we did the child's Christmas in Wales bit, but. Is he the one that used to frequent the White Horse? Yeah, is that the yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, White okay. Horse
3: Tavern in the West Village? And yeah. famously, died he died in New York City. Yeah, having well, there's this. It's one of those weird legends where people have become they've romanticized this like really unpleasant death. You know what I mean? Where he like drank fifty whiskeys and then died. Yeah, yeah. and everyone's like, "Let's go to the place where he drank himself to death <laughs> yes. and raise a glass in his honor." And You're I'm like, not mm, sure. That's kind of gruesome. That's kind of sure. It's really dark. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, that's
2: interesting. I didn't realize he died in New York.
3: Yeah, he died in New York, and um, huh. there's this. Uh, it's quite an interesting story. And he also, had he had a long relationship with the states. Like, he kind of became famous in America, hmm. and I mean, he was well known in the UK, but he's almost like. I mean I think people Who are like into poetry I'm I'm quite interested in poetry Like consider him He's almost like the last Sort of poetry superstar Really you know Because he had He would like pack a hall
2: Oh Worldwide
3: But particularly in the States And like Under Milk Wood Which is his most famous um, One of his most famous poems It's like a play It's a play for voices Was premiered at the uh, 92 Street Y now look at that, really? yeah, weird, right? You know, it's That's like that is like quintessential Wales, For the first time it's considered to be almost like a sacred text now in Wales. You know, people when under milk wood and they'll do it like on the anniversary, and like <laughs> local towns will get together to do a reading of it. Seriously, it's like it has this sort of you know, it is almost like the country, right? yeah, but yeah. it was premiered here in the States. That's weird, you
2: know, it's funny because I love I actually love words, I love hearing people speak, mm. like I love the radio. Like, I like listening to the radio. I like just, like, hearing voices, and, and I like sounds of voices. And uh, I could actually imagine, like, how fun it would be to be in a space like what William Blake is experiencing, where people are just there listening to words. I got, like, to me, that's, like, a fun time. You know what I mean? I'm like, that sounds like fun.
3: Well, just being in the space listening to mean, yeah. it, I mean you to being out? Oh, yeah. yeah. See, totally, you know? totally. I, this, there's less and less space for that, it seems. There will
4: yeah. be... Yeah. This will not be received well.
5: <laughs> okay.
2: I'm going
4: to go ahead and say All it. All right, do it. I... I also like the sound Roland of people's Tad. voices. <laughs> <and Tad>. um, <laughs> I'm going to say it. I um, uh, I I hate hearing poetry written like read aloud. Oh, I, interesting. I, I think, but I, I will say, I think it's because I've only really ever heard bad poetry read. <laughs>
5: yeah.
3: And
4: it makes it a million times I think worse. that is fair comment. Yeah. I that would yeah. be like
1: going to an open mic night and hating music.
4: Yeah, I know, I know. I know. Like, I know. Yeah. I, I, and so I say that with, it's just my experience has been, know because I went, no, but that I feel was my, you, man. I know what you mean, because was, I think
3: there is also some poetry which is very much written to just be an internal experience, you know? Yeah, I mean, well, and I, and I, and I think
4: true. most of the, I mean, all of the poetry that I've ever experience that i liked was only from me reading it and so like because in college you know i i my uh my minor was in poetry so i ended up oh, going let to me
2: find out i didn't know that Oh yeah <laughs> yeah. he's
4: a minor poet
2: I'm a minor minor <laughs> poet um
4: and but uh, so I, I you know you're in college and you spend a lot of time around poets and you end up going to like poetry slams and
5: right. all of
4: these things with a bunch of garbage poets because right. we're all kids learning how to write yeah, like yeah, so yeah. nobody's any good at it me and everyone's
2: copying Saul Williams and they're yeah. just a whole like my soul is in my <laughs> yeah <laughs> my spirit you got
4: some Jimmy on the and side it, playing it, bongos but it's where, like, yeah not it's, good it's, it's like not terrible you're not
2: Saul Williams like from the back you're not Saul <laughs> yeah
4: so and I just I can oh, my only experience with hearing poetry read was just well, that's not true. Uh at, at church this past Sunday they did like a whole thing on all of these different like black poets and so everybody was like reading all of this, you know, my Angelou and all this stuff. And that was fantastic obviously because this is a whole nother different level of poetry.
3: But like good stuff. Yeah, yeah good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well written. Uh <laughs> good poetry. Yeah.
4: But like but, yeah, going to those things and hearing all of that was just like I just remember sitting in the back the whole time just being like, oh God. This is so yeah, the, po-
3: the poetry slam. I hated it. Oh, it, I hated as it. As if well, poetry should be slammed.
2: Yeah. Well, that's the thing, because this poetry slams, which is one thing, which... Uh, to be honest, I, there's certain artists like there's a friend of mine, Stacey Anchin, who's a great poet. Uh, uh, she's like in the Saul Williams kind of age mm-hmm. and kind of ca- like school yeah. uh, in terms of just. I have um, no idea
3: who Saul Williams is actually. This is like so
2: Saul, Williams. Saul. You know, there's this movie that came out years ago called Slam that was about like um, a slam poet, and I think you know it had some sort of fictional storyline. And Saul Williams played that character, but he himself is a slam poet, uh-huh. and he had a very specific like, cadence, like his the cadence of his voice and kind of like the intonation and the Beat and the rhythm of it mm. was a very specific way, and he was incredibly good at it. It yeah. kind of like formed
4: it, the whole genre. Yeah,
2: like thing. a lot of people, he, he changed the paradigm, so everyone yeah. copied him. Yeah, so, people, so yeah, what
3: gets yeah. called spoken word as well. This is something that kind of I actually just feel very uninformed because so some people say spoken word, and then mm. some people say I'm a slam poet or I'm a poet, and I, it always feels like I'm. Co- <laughs> I think in, slam poetry
2: is more like competitive. Medium. Okay,
3: yeah. right,
5: right. I
2: feel like slam poetry is like comp- like a competition. I wow. think people who are yeah. I think and then I think spoken word it is. Slam poetry can be considered spoken word, but spoken Without word it. is not necessarily competitive. Yeah. I, I think yeah. that's the, the difference. Like I went it, to
3: a slam poetry night when I first came to New York, and it was at the New Yorkian poetry cafe downtown. the yeah. like very side, I think. And yeah. the thing I remember so vividly, and like, I just fucking loved it. I didn't. It was quite competitive, but it didn't feel like in like you know weirdly so, where people were being shamed for terrible work. You know, mm-hmm. but, but their way of saying they liked something was to do this.
2: Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's actually fingers. very typical in predominantly black spaces, by the way, where you want to show your support but you don't want to interrupt the flow. Oh, I didn't know Wait,
4: that. that, a, so, but that
3: you was keep, exactly, so you keep the energy. Yeah, that was exactly the effect. I didn't know
4: it? that. That was like uh, more in like. Wait, you're saying that that comes from a more like black audience?
2: Yeah, really? I mean, I was watching Black Panther in Harlem. Yeah, there were scenes which are <laughs> like dope, and people were like, "We mm, oh, dug a bunch of this." What? Yeah, I had no. I only yeah. ever
4: knew that as like just a poetry thing. Like a way to to cheer poetry. I didn't know that it come from. Like,
1: I think it comes from like the jazz poetry, all of that. Like from yeah. like, like you know the 30s and stuff. It, yeah, yeah, and and even before that, like well, in like the Harlem Renaissance and jazz, sense, because yeah, it's also to like I had not no idea. like if you're in a you know in like a, an apartment or somewhere. Yeah, that's, like what's it just Bill's being quiet. place or whatever. Yeah, right here, in Harlem. Yeah, you don't,
4: intrude, you don't you don't
2: you don't mess intrude. up the vibe. You you contribute versus like disrupting it with your like you know, like yeah. you know. I'm um, <laughs> I mean, yeah.
3: loving it though. I mean, I just, I just thought it was because it didn't intrude, but it also kind of added to what was being said in a strange way. Right? I remember watching it because suddenly there'd just be this little wave, this little flurry of just like, yeah, yeah. You know, just like, <laughs> yeah. Little, like a little birds passing through the air. Yeah. But you see the, you see the poet then sort of lifting himself yeah. into that. You know, a bit it like how really you know, an, like an actor it, will ride a lot of our We even do it in she protest spaces.
2: In. <laughs> like you could be, like we could be in a. Uh, 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 or, or, or an organizing or activist gathering, and someone could say something really dope, like at the podium. Yeah, and we'll do the snap thing. So you don't, you don't necessarily applaud. It just, it's just a way to show that you're, you're, I'm with you. Yeah, and and, and that was dope.
4: I had you know? no idea.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I mean, it's interesting because I like I just generally associate with Black culture. Sure. So like I'm like in spaces mm. where Black culture is like thriving. Like mm. this is a mode of expressing and contributing without disrupting. Yeah. You know, so it's like Black Panther movie or yep. like you know poetry or whatever. It's curious,
3: isn't it? Like, no, no because clue. there's there's definitely makes me think when I've been to poetry readings and often I can really enjoy them and I think I um but uh, I'm like Peter, but, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe yeah, the, 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 I got a good I got the a the good group. poetry reading. Yeah. Readings, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because I definitely sort of I think I associate them with almost being a, them being like a meditative space but maybe that's to do with the sort of poetry potentially but like you know people enter it's a bit like going to a concert in a church or something like that that something about poetry often like has that sense of it being you know dealing well, with the big stuff so yeah. to speak and so yeah. people then kind of go into like big stuff frame of mind and you know what I mean they sort of get their thinking cap yeah, on well, and, um, yeah well I'd agree I think more like a big self mode self-reflective
1: of- too yeah, yeah. Itself, yeah. yeah but
3: it's not about better or worse it's just because I remember really when I went to the New York and cafe. and and saw that happening it was really energising for the poet actually that was the thing I really noticed you could see them sort of rising up into what they were doing and um, it's just it's I wonder whether there's like a it's like an more older sort of cultural idea about poetry that's just sort of this sort of sacred thing that you have to be sort of quiet and or it might even be a very western idea as well you know in terms of Certainly, in the UK, I think poetry is engaged with in that way. It's kind of like in the yeah, and it's papers, stoic you know and, I mean? and it's like, like yes, yeah, stoic and, kind of, yeah, and well, distance. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, certainly with anything coming out of African culture, like generally there's a, a interest in reciprocity and communication. Mm-hmm. The question is, you want to do it in such a way that isn't like disruptive. So it's like, it, like as an African Kenyan who grew up in New York, right? Like, like I almost everything I think of on the diaspora level, like in, in various contexts, different cultural environments. Uh, there's always this relationship,
5: mm. like
2: we, we, there's always this thing about trying to like to show that you're listening,
5: mm-hmm. you
2: know, and that you're like present and, and and like in creative spaces or whatever. And I I do think that's an African cultural thing about like uh, it being a, a shared experience. Like yeah. I, as an audience audience member, have to defer to you on some level, but I also am participating in yeah, this experience, yeah, yeah. and it's like. You know, like, even when I go to, like, a DJ, like, I need my DJ to know I'm there. Yeah. Like, you know, like, that's the that's the way I grew up with DJs in New York, was that the DJ was, like, really trying to play to the crowd. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, not on that, like, that big stadium, yeah. you know, cake in your face, no no Taoki or whatever, but, like, you know, like, not that big stadium, like, EDM thing, but, like, just more, like, the DJs who are, like, um, just playing dope music and really were, like, moving us. Yeah. You know, there's this whole thing about, like, you know, that's actually probably why I like uh, any form of performance is just like the, the, that, that conversation. Like I, f- I find that really exciting. Like the fact yep. that you're you're trying to connect and hopefully they're trying to connect with you.
3: Well, um, well, that yeah. seems, I mean, also, I'm going to go out there. That sounds, I think generally all around that is better, you yeah, know, well, than, mm. the, than just being in sort of like solemn silence. I mean, some things may be received in solemn silence, right? Mm. You know, maybe yeah. the piece of poem which is more deeply sad and just makes you just go, mm, mm, you mm, know, mm, mm. and that feels right and true. But, you know, I just think, I think about being back to being an actor when you do theatre. Like, it's just the nature of when you're an actor on stage, you want to be able to feel your audience there. Because you yeah. come off after a show and you'll be like, were they even there? Well, that's, yeah. that's
4: <laughs> I mean, that's like an across the board, like, a good performer should be. I mean, like I always think about Count Basie, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Count Basie, mm-hmm. like the old composer, band leader, piano player, d- all kinds of things. But he he has this incredible quote that, like, you know, as a songwriter and performer, I I try to think about this. And he says he was like every single show. Uh, you know, of course, this was like back in the what the twenties and thirties or whatever. Um, he's like, you know, I would pick somebody in the crowd, and I would focus everything all night on that one person. And it would particularly be someone that I thought maybe would be the least interactive or whatever. And he was like, and I would just beam at that person mm-hmm. until I saw maybe their foot tap or like their head bob like, or something. Job done. <laughs> yeah. he was like, I would, the entire night would be focused on, I'm going to get that person to interact with me. I've seen like, someone else do that's that it.
3: very directly. Mm-hmm. And I saw Prince play... Yeah. on Valentine's Day 2014. And he did a series of Oh, secret. boy, the third time we've heard this story. Oh, no. <laughs> is it? Is that, have I mentioned it already? Oh, my God. I do dine out on this story just because it was so great. Have, I said, great it, have I said it on it's the podcast story. already? Sure, um, but yes. it doesn't Have matter. I? Have I already? Yeah. 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 It doesn't oh, well, matter. Well, no, you know, it's a story
1: about. about Prince.
3: Well, it's a Prince story. Well, the short yeah. version is that he did precisely that, where yeah. he would... He had, uh, he, had a, he had a band and there was a guitarist, a bassist and a drummer and the other guitarist would do a solo and there's like extended sort of 10 minute, you know, funk freakout that they would do. It was in a tiny venue, 300 people, you know, you could see everybody, he could see everybody. Everyone was losing their minds. And, he, um, and just before his solo, there'd be like a two bar break and on the offbeat, just before he'd launched into his solo, he'd be like facing away from the audience and then he'd turn to the audience, literally on the beat, lock eyes, always with a woman and just go like this, he'd just go, watch this. And then solo <laughs> entirely at that person for like, mm. the length of his solo, but just like drilling it in. Yeah, like, it was. Oh yeah, that person would lose their mind. Yeah, yeah. well, that's I mean, pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> well, watch, watch this.
1: Well, I think. I mean, for I think to me, when we were talking, when Ugundu you were talking about like the, um, just like the interaction of stuff. Like I thought, like the best example for me that, and then I would highly encourage him. Is go see like comedy in a small room mm-hmm. because that's like. One of the, like, that's one of the art forms where across the board, like, that is, you almost every time you'll experience that. And it is, it is, like, really interesting leaving because everybody had a very similar, I don't know, it's just something about, like, lowering of the guards and, like, letting yourself respond and laugh mm-hmm. and, be engaged with that moment, which is really interesting to me. I don't you're a stand, yeah.
3: stand-up, On you? you? remembering correctly?
2: Uh, I don't know if I'm a stand-up, to tell you the truth. Some people say I am, but I'm not really confident about that. I, I would say I know I'm a public speaker and a public intellectual. That's how I. That's what I feel oh, cool. comfortable okay, saying. Um, and sometimes so people laugh.
3: Let's, yes. <laughs> let's yes.
2: You have let's
1: done stand-up.
4: Take yes. the, the segue that C-Bob gave us the nice uh, layup for, we, need, we've, we started just kind of chatting, but I want to introduce you. Um, Great. Everybody listening? This is Firescape. Uh, we kind of just We'll probably watched. have a little
1: intro. I mean, it, yeah, we we'll probably, probably have a will. Yeah, but We've talked for so long. Uh, that's we've true. definitely had an introduction.
3: Yeah, we have. <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> well, well thanks a lot
1: for queuing me in, yeah. guys. Never mind. Forget it. I'm not
4: saying anything. <laughs> I'm done. No, I'm, I'm, one. One. I'm out. No, no, no. I quit. P- P- I quit. You can... This is the sound of me dropping my headphones. I'm out. <laughs> fired. You're fired. Anyways. Keep going. No, I'm no, not doing it.
2: (laughs) No, well, tell us about yourself. Well, well, my my wonderful friend Pete was going to introduce me, Agunda. Um, So yeah, like I guess I guess if I were to describe myself, sort of, or what do you mean? But just what do you tell us what you do? So I'm a full
3: full name as well, maybe. Sure.
2: So uh, my name is Agunda Okeo, um, and uh, I'm a writer, producer, activist, organizer. I actually do all those things unfortunately so it's that's like a, not just it's a lot of things yeah, it's a lot no, of things it's not just like a put on there but um yeah so like i b- the thing which i'm known a lot for in terms of like a, as a public f- person uh, is probably for my activism and then for um, uh, my producing. So I produced a si- show called Sisters of Comedy at Caroline's on Broadway. It's the longest-running black women-centered comedy show here in the city. And we had a, our anniversary in January, which was dope, and they did a little write-up in The Times, which was really nice and special.
3: I think that's where I was remembering stand-up from, from our chat mm-hmm. from a couple of years ago. I think that's why.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, like I've been in that world like since my 20s. Uh, it, it was an accident. I didn't have... I don't know how I ended up in it. But, like, you know, I ended up in this world. And then, um, at some point, I also saw that there wasn't, like... There wasn't a place where, like, black women were just, like, doing their own show. Because I saw people with their own, like, singular demographics, like, running shit. And I was like, that doesn't make... How come there isn't an all-black women comedy show? Mm -hmm. And uh, I got a lot of uh, kind of pushback about the idea. So then that's when I knew I should probably do it. Cause generally if people don't like it, you probably should, you do should it. be doing
3: yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably. Rule, rule for life. Yeah. What was the sort of, who was, where was the pushback coming from?
2: It was, I mean, as a kind of, you know, I like was the, it
3: subtle or was it like very overt? Well, it, it,
2: it was, well, I don't think, I I don't know if I would even characterize it like that. It was like more like, you you show it showed people's bias mm. because it's like uh, they would be direct they, it wasn't not subtle it was like they'll tell me what they thought but they didn't even recognize what they're saying as reflective of their own limited like mm-hmm. limitations mm-hmm. so like it, and it wasn't like they said epithets is this more like that they were like we're um, yeah like, like that, yeah. you know it's it's, a, it's like the shit that's why black panther's so dope right yeah. Yeah. it's that same shit where people are like but it's all black how is that going to relate to the public that's what they're saying yeah. When they say well, if it's all black, how is that possibly going to relate to people who aren't? Because there's no way that being black is universal. Versus you could be white and that's universal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so so it's so you know when I hear that any version of that, I'm like, uh. Because
3: <laughs> it's often well, in, of course, universal. Jerry Seinfeld, <laughs> I mean, yeah. like everybody can. Yeah, like. yeah. Uh, but, but Hollywood, yes. they often, Hollywood, that prejudice is voiced economically, isn't it? They oh, like, oh, sure. Well, when well, unlikely, you don't to have, have the it's idea not that high
4: really. care, but just yeah, everything
2: when it comes down to business, Brass. Tax money when it comes to women, people of color, anyone who people want to feel like a marginal disabled people. I don't know anything. Yeah, people will find a way to 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 make it seem like it just doesn't add up. You know what I mean? Like you know they'll be mm-hmm. like it just doesn't add up. So like, you know so what well, like, really, not
1: do that well. So Black Panther might not. I'm like well, Meteor Man was
2: try. <laughs> yeah. you know,
1: right. Well, like I'm sorry, I, Meteor I just, Man stance. So I, I have oh, I don't know what that is.
4: So did that, you it was
2: questionable movie? So <laughs> I think like <laughs> in the nineties
4: comedy is like. Uh, wait, what about Blank Man, dude?
2: Yeah, Blank. I did not. I don't think I even finished Blank Man. man. What
4: I watched it maybe like fourteen times. I know, it's like, I like, it's like it's it's one of those cult it's movies. Real right? dumb, Yeah, people but I really like it. it. Yeah, I don't no. think I think if you watched it past the age of thirteen, yeah. it's not happening for yeah. you. <laughs> I uh, kind feel of
3: like I'm just swimming in a sea of cultural ignorance here. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> these are
2: like I'm these must, are I'm these, are, these are kind of quote unquote superhero movies. Kind of comedic superhero yeah. movies. The most they're two comedians: Damon Wayans and, and uh, um, uh,
1: Eddie Murphy. Uh, no, no, no. No, Wait, not Murphy. No, what's his name?
2: Robert Townsend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so these are two African American comedians who played these like superhero characters, standalone oh, no. superhero. But they yeah. were like absurd.
4: Yeah, it was insane.
2: Absurd <laughs> characters. Even like their their powers were ridiculous. Everything about them was absurd.
4: I don't think I mean, Blank Man didn't have any powers.
2: What did he What did he, what did he do
4: again? Nothing. <laughs> he just he just like wanted to be a superhero. I, yeah, he was like, just like his mystery altruism, man, but like, but like
1: a bit. What's like, that? Kind of like, like Mystery Man.
3: Yeah, I mean, similarly, yeah. but like.
1: Mystery Men.
4: That? Yeah.
3: yeah, that was a superhero movie where they would just wanted to be superheroes but had actually no powers, right? No, I think they uh, No, well, they, they? they had
4: powers, but they were like... Very like one guy could, could be invisible... But only if no one was looking. at him. <laughs> uh, Like it was stuff like that. Like one girl was really good with a bowling ball. Like she could do anything, but just yeah. with a bowling ball. Like it was it was insane. Tom Waits was in that movie, there which is the I only reason Waits. that movie is noteworthy.
2: Yo, I had um so so Tom Waits. He's so you mentioned him. He gives me all kinds of poetry vibes. Oh, he yeah, gives he, me music vibes. He gives me film vibes. Yeah, like I had a thing. Like I remember that I saw um, uh, Strangers in Paradise. You ever seen yeah, that?
4: Yeah, uh, no, wait.
3: Is that from Vendors
2: that no, no, that's no. a Tom. Wait, a, uh, which, it's, it's Tom Waits. Did, that's a Jim Jarmusch movie Jim with Tom Jarmusch. Waits yeah, music because right, right, yeah. Tom Waits uh, did a lot of music yeah. for Jim Jarmusch movies. So he's sorry. in a lot of
4: those movies too. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. So like, so whenever like he's he's someone where like uh, when I think about him, I think about all these like. Exciting realms of art, yeah. You know what I mean? Because he touches oh, all of them, yeah, he's and he like, like he's, he like bathes yeah. in it.
3: He's he in all he's, of it. Like, like, he's the outer reaches, isn't he? Like he yeah. kind of like he, on the fringes of a few of years ago. Things.
4: He put out a book. He teamed up with a photographer. Photographer went and took all these photos, and he wrote these like little micro poems for each hmm. photo. Like he's in. All
3: of it.
2: Yeah, he's all he, of it. he gives um, me the feels. Like he's one of those yeah. people. Who, like even just mention his name, I'm like, I wanna like hang out. Where's Tom waits hanging out? Like and, I want to like. He go. Hangs out
3: in Northern California, by all accounts. Can Where's I? Can that, I he's hiding there now. Yeah.
4: Let me let me take the mantle from Howell for for doing a uh, a little. And this isn't this isn't a, a take dig. it away
3: from me. Take everything away.
4: But I have my one Tom waits You're name droppy story. Name I'm very excited about it. <laughs>
5: okay, good.
4: It's, it's actually a terrible story. But no, it's actually it's not a terrible story. I take that back. It was the most exciting moment of my life. So, you know, I used to work at the guitar shop. Right. And there's like, there was these kind of murmurs that like Tom Waits came around there from time to time. Mm-hmm. So, I'm hanging out one day. It's like the middle of February. It's snowing. It's freezing cold. And uh, there's nobody in the store. And uh, it's like me and maybe two of my coworkers. And... Uh, lo and behold you know i hear the little bell ring and the door opening slowly turn and there he is tom waits lumbering in big old dude and he walks in and i'm like and i and so when i got hired at the job they you know matt even said he was like look there's gonna be a lot of famous people coming in here the thing you cannot do like the thing you will get fired for is if someone comes in and you fanboy all over them it's over for you like mm-hmm. you're done they come here because that doesn't happen here
5: mm-hmm.
4: and i'm like dude i'm That'd, good that
3: explains why you were so chill when i turned up for that first time that's
4: right <laughs> yeah. that's right i had to contain myself um and uh yeah so so i'm like and i the remember telling him this British i'm like i'm like look dude i was like i was like when he, when he told me that i was like paul mccartney could be giving a piggyback ride to the queen of england and i would be fine i was like there is only two people in this world that i would have a hard time with i was like it's james taylor it's tom waits mm-hmm. like, that's it like it's short of those two people mm-hmm. i'm fine mm-hmm. um so lo and behold tom waits comes in and so i had like i had to take a hard 10 seconds of just like whew, okay <laughs> all right i'm gonna go to him it's just a dude
2: it's like talking in the corner yeah. but were, you, uh, you, like, were you the only sorry. guy in
3: the shop because uh, there must be a competitive moment because normally there's like three of you guys there right? no so yeah there was, there was three of us and all three of, you, kind of you no I I quickly
4: <laughs> shot a look to my coworkers and they knew exactly what time it was they were like Hey, we're out like <laughs> you got it because um, you know they were all you know they're music people but they didn't they like don't care about staring at guitars yeah and, yeah. Them, oh, and so, so I walk up to him and I'm like hey man what's going on
3: hey uh he speaks how he sings. Yeah. yeah. Hey there. Uh, what's, what's going on?
4: I said, no, not much. Uh, you know, I was just wondering if I can help you find anything. Yeah, I was just looking for your uh, old guitars. And I said, well, yeah, we, you're looking at some right there. Yeah. Okay. What what time do you close? I said close at seven o'clock. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. And he walks back out. He's yeah. in there for maybe a one minute. I mean, yeah. like, that's it. I took my 10 seconds. We have our 45-second conversation. He's out the door. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm all like, you know, jittered out, freaking out. And I'm like, that was it? That's all I get? That's yeah. That's all the time waits I get? <laughs> and so he walks and he stands outside the door. And he just sits there for probably like, I'm not exaggerating, a, a few minutes, like three or four minutes Solid, just standing there, not doing anything. I'm pretty sure he doesn't own a phone. You know, he's not sitting there like l- looking at his phone. He's just standing there. Is he looking around? No, he's just like staring into the street. Wasn't cool, right outside the a door. or anything. Like no, that. nothing. He's just standing there. And so I'm like, I'm watching him, trying to see what he's going to do. And like right next to us is the David's Tea, and across the street is uh, uh, Mr. Lee's, like just a deli. Mm-hmm. So he stands there. He walks in front of David's Tea, which is like you know ten yards away stands in front of that, walks to Mr. Lee's, stands in front of that, comes back to our door, stands in front of that. He does that for a solid thirty minutes. I mean it's twenty degrees outside. it's snowing. He's not just going doing back and forth, anything. And yes, he just stands in front of each door for like two or three minutes. He's just tom- comes around. comes back, does that triangle for a solid thirty minutes, and then comes back to our door, stands there and just kind of looks around and walks off and that was it. <laughs> Wow.
2: And that's something.
4: Just a weirdo. You no, know,
2: but he must have been thinking about something cuz you know you know I'm like cuz I'm a, as a writer, I my mind is always like working. Yeah. So I'm often staring into space like at any given moment. So I must look insane like I, like because I'll, I'll stand places oh, I don't yeah. know if that's like i'm just making up excuses for why tom <laughs> for like weirdo. no but like like i'm just wondering i'm like fascinated i'm like what was he thinking yeah, yeah. why was he doing that I, he I must mean, have been thinking about some lyrics that were amazing and he was like it's coming i must stand you here could, for 30 you, you minutes you couldn't see him whispering to himself or anything like that yeah. he wasn't no. kind of going, mm-hmm,
1: writing a song about triangles i mean he was just <laughs> i think he
4: just whatever. i don't know i mean like he was just whatever he was doing he like very much needed to be walking that triangle because it wasn't like well, one late. or two times like he he did it for 30 minutes. Like, boom, Maybe he was waiting for something. Boom, boom. Boom. But never went inside of any of them after coming, you know, he went
3: in the store at first. Anyways. I do that sometimes, you know I mean? That I'm not so saying I'm the same as Tom Waits or anything, but, you know, I, I do sometimes just like, I was just I was, walk around the block. I was know, pleased I that he was
4: th- like that kind of weird. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, he wasn't like. Well, you got any garbage cans for sale? Like he wasn't like <laughs> he wasn't like overly weird. He was just like, yo, dude, you're just a weird dude. Yeah. Like that's all there is to it. I <laughs> um, like
2: that. I like that peculiarity. That's good.
1: To uh, to follow the g- breadcrumb trail back to where we started. Uh, sorry to to, yeah. to 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 shift back, but uh, so Gunda, you're were, you were talking about. Okay, so when did you started the Sisters of Comedy mm. went.
2: It's like four years ago. Four now. years ago. Yeah,
1: and this is every. I
2: week, do it, every
1: month. You no, know, every...
2: I I used to do it monthly for like two years. That was a lot. And then, mm. like uh, now, I do it probably every like two or three months. Like okay. the next one is April eighteenth at April 18th. Caroline's. Yeah,
1: mark your calendars. Every time. Yeah, yeah, April eighteenth.
3: We should get a link for that. We yeah, can get a link to put on our uh, yeah on, sure yeah yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Great. Did you f- f- um, feel that there was there was already a community of Black female comedians that were ready to go as soon as you set that up? So you were providing the platform that was necessary, or did you feel like you then very had to be quite front footed to try and you know, get in contact with people that you knew maybe from other cities to come in? Or, or did it... And then did, have you found that it also... Lots of questions. Also yeah. inspired people to go, well, this is a space that I'm going to be able to find my way into.
2: Well, well, I think there's a couple of things. There definitely was plenty of women out there doing it. So yeah. it was really more about... Uh, addressing people's cognitive dissonance because they would see one black woman in one place only at one time there was never more than one black woman on a lineup i'll put it to you that way Mm. it was rare to have more than one black person on a lineup and then certainly not two black women because you Mm. already got one so why would you want another right so it's like you know you only got one of the you know diversity is just one of the this one (laughs) so so like um so to have a a lineup that was all black women that was unusual but it, but the sisters are out there. Like I already knew, yeah, yeah. Yeah. you, knew you know. Mean. And and then also I'm, I was interested. I am interested in. I'm and I'm also still trying to figure this out. I'm interested in figuring out different ways to like um, create more opportunities for people, but also to keep it competitive. Like, but in the good way of competitive. I'm yeah. talking about pure competition. Like, yeah. like
4: distilling the, the work. Yeah, you
2: know? yeah. Like, because I like that. I like pure competition. I don't like uh, all this other like. Dancing with the Stars, shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, I, like, I, like I don't want, like I don't want all this other fluff. You know what I mean? Or, or just even bad vibes, bad energy. Yep. I want it to be just purely based on like what you do. So, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think about different ways to create um, space for uh, kind of like people to, like, you know to kind of play with their shit yeah, and like the, build and build and on they can their, come
3: and do their best work. As yeah, well. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, stand up comedy has that competitive edge, doesn't it? Just generally mm-hmm. like,
2: yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bunch of, it's very, you know, the thing is it's archaic. It's a vaudeville, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a very old thing. And that, that's kind of what I like about it. It's an analog. It's very simple. You stand up with a microphone in front of a crowd and you say some things and maybe they laugh, maybe they don't. Um, but I, I like that. And I and I like the idea of being able to create space for more Black women to um, express their specific point of view. Yeah, uh, you know, but like it'd be different women. And and yeah, the, like I think because the show's been consistent and I've been very ambitious with it, like it's had an impact in terms of uh, kind of. Uh, you know it's, it's contributed to the zeitgeist of black women in comedy and mm. what's happening right now because it's like more than me i'm not the only one right yeah. yeah but it's something where like to have a black woman who's a producer you know not just you know performing yeah. just have someone who's like concerned about a bigger picture to have someone who um has a social justice uh kind of vantage which is a sincere one yeah so i was doing all these social justice things in the show before it was like a thing it wasn't popular there was no point there was no Before like was there the was hashtag. no cultural incentive yeah, yeah, yeah there was yeah, no yeah, cultural yeah. incentive to do it and i was doing it and and now it means something else which is great because we had linda sarsour who's one of the three members of the no four leaders of the women's march she was um she came on the show last in uh january and um she uh you know was there just to support and she talked about a little bit what they were doing and you know, so I bring folks like that on, but I would have done that. Did she try if... out any
3: jokes of her she own? She
2: actually has a sense of humor in a great way. She kind of reminds me of Malcolm like that. Like she kind of has a good sense of humor. Um, but like, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it, anyway, the, the it, it has the show has had an impact, but I don't want to say that I'm like bringing uh, Moses bringing like you know
4: you're doing your work yeah, it sounds, yeah,
2: it
3: sounds yeah. like you know, it's like a combined enterprise it has yeah. a social justice impact but also there's also a space for it a commercial space mm-hmm. as well right you know it's a bit yeah. like what we were saying before about Black Panther there's always the, and what you were saying about the biases being present is often being presented as economic you know but yeah. both things are true That there can be a space is there that is commercial but also has a a social impact as well, a bit like the Black Panther movie, I guess. You know a British comedian called um, Gina Yashir? Yeah. Yeah. I wondered. with you know all the time Yeah. Well, I was wondering. <laughs> Yashere, you know, by the way. Yashere. There you Yashire. are I have never heard her name said out loud. Yeah, I've Yashire, just, um, yeah. But I, uh, Niger. I've only ever heard in the building. But she gave an interview a little while ago because she's come to the US and she was really popular in the UK. Ah, yeah. But she, I think it was in the New York Times. Anyway, it was one of the big publications and she gave this really yeah. interesting interview where she just talked exactly what you said about the mm. idea of tokenism where she was like, in the UK, she was like, doing quite well and making a pretty okay living. But she was like, I was always like the one. The black woman comedian, you know? Yeah. And I'd be. And on all the panel shows And it's, she, was, she was absolutely on the money Because you know The comic space in the UK Is now relatively diverse I think it's catching up with itself But I mean But she, even, would,
2: but she was stadium. very ahead of the game But those cats are selling out the stadiums are all yeah. white dudes Oh totally mm-hmm. yeah, yeah like in the UK Like the, yeah. in terms of that, that comedy world there. There's a lot of funny comedians But yeah. the, it is It is like There's a Generally with black artists As I understand it, in the UK Versus say in the States There's a A, a ceiling like you can you yeah, can get to a certain exactly. place yeah, and then yeah, you just yeah. reach a certain place and it's like there's nowhere to go. Well that's I think you what know? she
3: was exactly voicing for yeah. what I remember so why she came to America. She was like, yeah. I just got to this point where I couldn't break beyond that idea of being the, the sort of tokenistic person, black woman, or even just black person, actually. Yeah. And I think a lot of young black British actors who, I mean, friends of mine when I, from when I was an actor, they find the same thing. They come to America for exactly the same reasons.
2: Well, that's also yeah. right. A lot of folks are coming from the UK over here and uh, taking these American jobs. Yeah, they're taking <laughs> those
3: jobs. Oh, they're taking yeah. those jobs. <laughs> I mean, but weird, hilariously, it was when I was when I still acting, that was still the case for people like me, you know, pinky, creamy, white people. They yeah. the, the, there was this gener- generosity towards British actors that was just really weird. You know, they just presumed that you could be an American person and that was okay. And, yeah, it was, yeah. and sometimes you, you almost felt that it was preferable. You know, yeah. which was really weird to entertain. As in, like, we'd really like to cast a British can, actor in this very American part. And like i remember and just being there, like, what? The, one C, <laughs> the, the,
1: the, the white CIA dude in Black Panther, British guy. Really? Terrible right. American accent. Sorry. Yeah. Really?
2: Who's that? Who's uh, that? Martin Freeman. Yeah. Martin oh, right, Freeman. Yeah. But
3: he was in. um. Uh, uh, he, what was uh, it?
2: Lord of. Is it? No. Is yeah, no, he was Bill Hobbit. He was, Hobbit?
3: Hobbit. He was yeah. in The Hobbit, Hobbit, but he was also in Sherlock. Fargo, the TV version of Fargo. He played the William H. Macy. And is in Love Actually. Yeah. Is he doing that sort of very <laughs> it's my favorite story Is he doing well, that sort you know, of very so generalized boring. sort of mid, Midwestern general. American accent? But it's that also,
1: yeah. well, you know, in Fargo he does like a very Midwestern, you know, yeah. like, oh gosh, like you know, oh, the, gosh, like, he's the in the TV show Fargo? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. He plays the Woody thing, thing, play. And I don't, I've oh, never gosh.
1: seen the show. Uh so like I don't know if he does it well. And I'm also like I can't I have I have no idea if like what is what an accurate north dakota i don't know what like a cartoonish north dakota yeah. accent yeah. sounds like
2: apparently north the north dakota accent this fun fact so apparently the north dakota accent that we think about that like oh don't you know right <laughs> it's yeah. actually a Minnesotan accent
1: yeah yeah so, yeah, yeah. And,
2: so people in north dakota oh, yeah. don't sound like that oh, and yeah. that accent is influenced by um scandinavians
3: yeah, because yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. they could take the cold. That's, oh. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't you know. I like it. I like it when, I hear, when I've when i heard it, but it's mostly people from Minnesota say it. All the North Dakotans, I'm like, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to North Dakota and get your life right. Speaking
1: yeah. of this Chadwick sound, like as T'Challa, does he do, do an okay African
5: accent?
2: It's okay. It, it's okay. I mean, he does. Yeah. A pre- you know, he, he, a, a, it's the best I've seen Americans do in my life. Okay. Like the, the, the Black Panther movie, in terms of like the accent, I was like, "This is the best I've seen Americans do ever." Yeah, wish, where, do
3: they, where do they where they locate because the, the accent in Africa? because obviously, Wakanda is an a imaginative lo- nation. So a lot,
2: or, lot of yeah. it is a derivative of Kwasa, the the South African language. That's okay. uh, yeah. what's a Mandela's language. Yeah, yeah. is that, and that that's one of the X in the beginning. Is
4: that the the language that they're speaking when they speak?
2: all of it Wakanda Wakandan, yes. okay. it's yes. like largely influenced by like also like, oh, that's how you say Osa. Oh, so. that's yeah. uh, also what's his name um, is that uh daily show Trevor, Trevor Noah. Uh, oh yeah. Was, yeah okay they're a pretty famous ethnic group but like um of course for mandela it's like <clears throat> you can't really go once you get mandela it's like yeah. Yeah. yeah but uh but yeah like uh yeah so they 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 it, so it, the, what's so dope about it is that you can you can either, even though they've taken very specific historical things or linguistic things, cultural things, clothing things from mm. different regions of the continent. Uh, so, you know, if you recognize those things, you can see it. But also just on a pure vibe level, it feels like African. And yeah. and I don't get, I've never, I've never gotten that from anything that's come out of this country. Like where I've been like, that feels like home. Like it actually felt like home. I was like, yeah, oh, god, like you guys actually got That's very really interesting close. that they've
3: taken, is that a, a pan-Africanism, that idea in terms of, in contemporary America within the black community, the idea of pan-Africanism is something I find really intriguing and fascinating because it's yeah. this idea of... Well, like,
2: I'm a pan-Africanist yeah, like the which idea, is our, an old school thing. Yeah, the idea. idea of
3: like there being a sort of an accumulated cultural identity for many places but that you can make it into a oneness in a new place, I find a very beautiful idea um, yeah. as much. And so, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing the film, the idea yeah. that there's this sort of, well, it's the idea of the patchwork quilt, isn't it? That many aspects are a, a creating something new and whole.
2: It's it's a really special film. Like yeah. it, it it I am like I love movies. Like I love 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 movies. I get like high off of movies and like to to see a movie well done that's like you know has the comic book thing which is always fun. Like I love having fun at a movie, so you're like you got the comic book thing and then you got the like uh, like someone who's a really good auteur like Ryan mm. Coogler like an actual proper director and he's a really yeah, a good like, writer a bit yeah. like
3: Tim Burton being given the Batman movie you know I mean, yeah. in terms of that choice being like we're going to make someone who's actually really interesting who's right. going have a specific vision or,
2: or John Favreau and or Iron Favreau, Man Favreau. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. like because even like when, when I heard John Favreau was doing Iron Man I was like this shit's going to be dope because I, I like John Favreau a lot yeah. and I loved like did, did you guys ever watch Dinner for Five? Nope he had this no, show no, called Dinner for Five which was so fun and I was like all these actors like, all, cause it, it was a time when he was probably in like, he had done swingers and he had done some other movies and stuff like that. He wasn't at the point where he was making a lot of, other, I think this was before him and Vince Vaughn were like making other things. You know what I mean? Like, so it was this weird period of his career. So he ended up having, um, all these like dinner parties with actors in LA and like having these conversations and these weird conversations. And it was, this, it was a fun show. And he's just, I like, he's, I love, uh, uh, filmmakers who have um who have a, a sense of hum- human nature and human like yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. elements and like and and it isn't too like sci-fi or crazy but they know how to go there and keep it human cuz mm-hmm. Ryan you know?
3: did um, the film Fruitvale, St- Fruitvale Station station yeah right Fruitvale
2: station, station. and yeah, he did yeah. Creed um uh, which I thought was good I saw Creed and I thought that was really good I don't know if you guys yeah. saw that I thought
4: it was Yeah good. that was I was trying to figure out where um uh, where I saw like where I knew Michael B. Jordan from, which was Friday
3: Night Lights. And oh then... no, from The Wire. That's where I know Michael B. Jordan. Oh he's yeah, See, I still haven't seen that. He's in season that. one of The Wire. Also, Hardball. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: But yeah, he's in Creed, right? But he's like fifteen yeah. in
3: season one of The Wire. He's like fifteen years old or something. Yeah,
2: he's
4: like always yeah. also yeah. in Hardball.
2: He's like a little
4: yeah. Kid, yeah.
3: kid with Keanu. Really brilliant. I mean, in The Wire, it's too much. It's just heartbreaking.
4: I'll tell you what, I got I got beef with Michael B. Jordan right now. Oh,
2: word. would
4: come? <laughs> and I'm not normally this way.
2: No, let me let me know. Let I'm gonna tell know. you. Okay.
4: Sit down and watch Black Panther. Okay. Me and, me and Brandy. They're mm-hmm. sitting there. My wife. And uh, the second he comes on screen, she she is just like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Like this, like weak in the knees. Yeah. And Brandy's not normally, like, she's not normally super, like, that way. Yeah. And just, like, lost it. And I was
3: like. She is now. And
4: You're I don't like, normally care either. Like, I, the dude is an extremely good. But the. The reaction from my wife, the second this isn't—he yeah. didn't have his shirt off yet. None of that. Right. Just the second he just shows him. up in the museum, just him. She yeah. just like, I mean, she lost her mind. No, he's that and She dude, has yeah. brought it up like ten yeah. times to me. I just—he looked good. Oh. <laughs> Sweet. You're like, awesome. Yep. Love it. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so, so funny. Michael, if you're listening,
3: I'm looking for you, buddy. Hey, if it's yeah, any right? consolation, gotta, every time I see you, <laughs> you know what's crazy
2: about that dude? He's actually Michael the Gio. type of dude you would meet, and you'd be cool with him. Oh, I'm sure, and that's what makes like, it worse. Yeah, no, yeah. That's, that's what I mean. Like he's I like everyone hate him. likes <laughs> him. Like that's why I think women have such a strong reaction to him. I find him attractive as well, even though for some reason I keep aging him. I think because I know he's a little younger than me. For some reason, I keep thinking about that, and I can't like bring myself to like really fully commit. So in to your being imagination,
3: tra- he is also 37 or whatever.
2: No, well <laughs> in my know, imagination, he's like a kid. Yeah. Like like in my yeah. imagination, he's like a really hot boy, and so I feel like. Attracted, but like almost inappropriate, you know. But but anyway, so like, but he is a very attractive guy. I love his teeth. But anyway, like, um,
4: oh lord, here we go. No, his teeth are
2: like because you know with women. I think guys don't really appreciate. I think guys really appreciate with women. It's like the little things. It's tiny things. It's like it's like your nails. It's like. It's like uh the gate of your walk. It's like tiny things that we find attractive. Like really small I, and consequential yeah, things.
1: Like hands. That's yeah. something that like I I love should, hands. I've never thought about a lady's hands. I love
5: hands.
2: In well, time. I will say oh, like, like if I see I mean, nice I like, like nice hands. I I
4: love Brandy's hands like that cuz I I would think that was weird except for like hands particularly. Like my wife's yeah. hands this is gonna sound weird, but they're very old looking, but like in a very endearing way. Like yeah. they've done some stuff,
2: right, right, right. And
4: right. I, they just—they look old, and I like it. Like I'm super well, she into works it. Brandy, don't right? listen to this episode. No, she knows. Brandy, Brandy, this Brandy I just like
3: to say I have seen your hands, and I don't think they look old. I, no, they do.
4: They look—they look old and wise, no, and like they do, man. They're old ass hands. I'm into it. I just, hey, man. She's my wife. She knows what time it is. Well, there's, <laughs> well,
2: there's a lot of appeal. Like I, I, those little things are really attractive. Like little things and that show up in people. That's like, what I love
3: is, man. Absolutely. And then he's got yeah, a pile of a muscles on. I also saw an interview did. with him yeah. where, like, they a little were too doing big for me. I think but. all these like yeah.
1: Uh, yeah.
4: questions.
3: His hands too big. To His body. the uh, <laughs>
1: His body's a little too big. Uh, they're asking questions of the of the cast about like comic book about stuff from like the comic books and you. Know, Anytime any, like, actors are in these, like, comic book movies, they know about as much as, like, you would expect a famous actor to know about comic books, which is very little. But, like, he was, like, really, like, thinking out. Like, he's also, like, you could tell he was, like, a fan and, like, a nerd about it. And, like, he was, like, thinking about it where, like, in, in down to, like, the level of, like... Asked him like, who would win in a fight, Black Panther or Wolverine? He's like, well, abilities-wise, you know, it's about the same, but I think that Wolverine's more used to killing instantaneously. And I'm like, that's a very like, like ended the cycle. Yeah, like yeah. everybody else was just like giving you know just the normal answer, and like he was like thinking about it. I was like, dang dude, this dude, I would I would be friends with this guy. This is Mark
3: Jordan we're talking about. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 yeah,
2: yeah. No, he's a, he is. He's like uh, that's what I like about him. I think that's also why he's such a popular actor. Whether it's you find him attractive or you find him cool as an actor is because he's like um he's a he's a you know i think he has that thing we were talking about he knows how to relate
3: mm-hmm.
5: like yeah. what were
2: we talking about like that being it's, a, a yeah,
3: it's a very innate quality yeah there. yeah, yeah, in like, yeah. It, it's not something that can be acted do you know what i mean that right it's like a presence right. and like in good film actors it's just in the eyes isn't it it's something that is just there i
2: remember i used to watch um i still i love still like watching uh robert redford just move like, cause he he does little funny things. Oh yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like even the way he eats, I just like watching and
3: him Paul, eat. Paul Newman's the same. Those yeah, two. Yeah, totally. Of that era. Yeah, yeah. Of, like there's just something quintessential. Paul Newman was a called.
2: dish, man. Woo. Oh, dude. But there was there's
3: <laughs> that. Have you seen <laughs> like them? forget like open it, was, the it was like that, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Yeah. That was what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> like, I have you seen Cat on a Hot Roof? There's this shot. I remember watching that in a in a movie. I went to see it in a, it like, was the a, BFI. Elizabeth
2: Taylor and Paul Newman. Paul Newman.
3: And I went to see in the. Film Institute in London, they had like, a revival of Tennessee Williams plays on film, I think. And I remember watching that, just being like, Yeah, I'm going to see that. And I'd seen it on stage, being like, I like that play. And I remember watching the film with that, and there's this shot in it where like Paul Newman, just it's like a complete close-up of his face. Yeah, and the like, and he turns to camera with his yeah. eyes, and like the way it's lit, and it's like a moving painting, and like some light glimmers across his face. I, I had your wife's reaction to Paul Newman, and I'm a straight man. Yeah, just, yeah, it was like completely over. I was just like, oh my, yeah. <laughs> I, was
5: like,
3: I was like, you are a golden god. Yeah, you know, oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> you know there are. I feel like there's actually people who make everybody turned on. Like Dude. I think there's just some people who are like that yeah. person just got everybody spinning. Like I- everybody just can see that's beautiful. Whatever's happening. I shot
4: in the film was, it felt Yeah, free, yeah. I, yeah. I bumped into Lenny Kravitz at a guitar shop, yeah. and I giggled. <laughs> I, I, I'm not kidding. I, I I I bumped into him, and I'm looking down, and I, I you know my, my eyes like slowly pan up to see who I bumped into, and of course, you know he like, like such beauty. he comes up to like my nipples, right? Shorter He's a, a, shorter dude, he's a right? little dude. Yeah. And then I look at him, I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, you know, and this dude's like, oh, Pete, have you met Lenny? I'm like, what? Who are we talking about? Like you know, I I just like—are we talking about this
3: incredibly beautiful human that's standing? Yeah, like this
4: overwhelmingly beautiful. I have, I have. I mean, you (laughs) know, I can, I can appreciate if a dude like Michael B. Jordan is a handsome dude. Like, it's fine. Lenny Kravitz messed me up.
2: Right, right.
4: Looking like that close to something that pretty was just like isn't that funny I gotta get out of here
2: isn't that a funny thing about like um, I call them shiny people like you know like (laughs) you know what I mean like you know those people you just look and they're like shiny there's like glow there's something going on you're like this person's been eating like coconut water and like They've has been like been like steaming on and yeah. they're like they have rest like they're, they're like they're living in a different level of like kind of like opulence and then also they ha- they're they also kind of beautiful and yeah. amazing I mean, and look special at, I
4: mean. Lenny Kravitz obviously has superior genes to 99.9% of the world because look at everything he's around like <laughs> right. I mean yeah. like his his daughter beautiful. I,
2: I mean yeah Lisa Bonet is beautiful it's ex.
4: incredible like yeah.
2: Lisa Bonet is like 50 something yo and she looks so amazing!
4: I learned that. So my other like dude crush is Jason Momoa,
2: uh, right? Yeah. Big
4: fan I can of that see dude. You
2: guys actually being friends?
4: I, yeah, Jason, if you're listening, Who's, I'm trying to hang out, dude. I could Who's like, totally that? Who's see that? you guys being friends. He? So he was in Game of Thrones as uh, uh Khal Drogo. He's in that new show Frontier. 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 Mm. He's a, he's a and he's in, he's he, Aquaman. If you describe oh, he's him, okay. Describing yeah.
2: him is probably because he's hard to miss. Physically,
3: oh, I know who he is. If he's a ac- ac- uh, ac- man, I've seen some
2: photos. It, yeah, I mean, he's yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. just a an enormous, total, giant
4: Hawaiian, Hawaiian man. Yeah, like, yeah. but he's also super rad, like, rides motorcycles and throws tomahawks. But he's also like super into his kids and his wife, and like, just a rad dude. He seems very, very cool. Um, he looks like a mythic creature, yeah, absolutely. Like, and and his voice is, is like, yeah, <laughs> 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 you know, but he's like sweet. He's yeah, like, he's he has all these like very masculine qualities, yeah, but he seems like a very sweet dude,
2: yeah,
4: anyways. He, uh, so I, this whole time I thought he was married to Lenny Kravitz and Lisa Bonet's daughter, so, oh, Zoe Kravitz, interesting. but he's not, no. he's married to Lisa Bonet Yeah, and because they look so similar, like she looks so young and yeah. like, and, I mean, they look so similar to me that I would just. She They're almost the same person. About, like, it freaks me out. Fourteen years yeah. older than that dude. Yeah, because he's like
1: 28 or
4: thirty, no, maybe. No, 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 no. Jason Momoa. No, no, notes. no. He's
2: he's thirty, like nine. Oh, is he? And then she's like fifty, oh, or he's like thirty-seven. Project. Like he's he's, he's 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 like somewhere around my oh, okay. age. I think he's I
5: the young lover. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, by, that's, by, that's by a good, good setup. I, I want the Tilda Swinton. I want that setup. I want the, the either Tilda Swinton or the Lisa yeah, Bonet a bit, variety. Yeah, that <laughs> model.
3: Tilda Swinton. I have a lot of time for Tilda Swinton. Yeah, she's t- she's a pretty interesting she, human, isn't she? She's, like? she's everything. Like, like yeah. to me,
2: she's one of those people. She's shiny. She's yeah. one of those people who like. I can't tell if I want to be her or make love to her. Like I can't decide. she <laughs> like she's, like because yeah. she's just so. She looks like an
3: alien to me. That's what I like her. Yeah, yeah. But I love has about a, her. She has an yeah. alien quality. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but, and she's a very interesting artist because she's like she an angelic yeah. quality. Yeah, yeah, but she has yeah, other oh, yeah, yeah well, ethereal, well, when, ethereal. Yeah, when they cast
4: her as Gabriel and Constantine. I, I, I immediately oh, was sense. like that's the most brilliant Perfect. casting yeah. I've ever seen in but my but she's life.
3: a really interesting lady because like, she came out of a sort of really really like deeply avant-garde scene in the UK in yeah. the 80s she's also a lot older than you think she is I mean yeah. I think she's, it, like, she's like 53 like, yeah or not older yeah, than that maybe yeah. but she yeah. has you know, this slightly timeless quality yeah she is like sort of, yeah, like, yeah, sort of yeah. porcelainy sort of thing you know yeah but, um, but she did
2: that movie Orlando. That yeah, was well like,
3: that was her sort of yeah. kind of her breakout yeah, thing. Yeah. But before that, she was yeah, in all these 57. like intensely 57? wacky... Yeah. She was, she's 5'11". Yeah, she's yeah I believe that. Well. She used she to do a tall. lot of um, films before she became sort of Tilda Swinton famous. She was like the muse. You probably like use that word for this filmmaker called Derek Jarman who was in London in the 80s. And it's hard to really conjure up like the the. He's like super experimental, is, like, right? Super experimental. experimental right? I mean, yeah. Jarman has this film called Blue, which is literally just a blue screen and then someone speaking a monologue over this sort of dreamlike monologue that's, right, that's one right, of right. his most, well, he, some of his more better known films the film's called Caravaggio he did um, oh, I'm just losing track of some of the other he's just done loads of was really his name Jarman? Jarman Derek Jarman yeah. and mm-hmm. he was a gay man um, a sort of conceptual filmmaker and he also made uh, art and, um, he's a really fascinating figure but made really sort of. when you could make sort of budget movies and people would kind of semi-fund them and the arts council in the UK would put money towards them so it's like a very rich stream of sort of weird av- God stuff, but she was like the, one of the main players in that, and somehow she sort of shifted from that to becoming. A, I, I, I adore the thing her. That I think that sort of tipped her over. I
2: really. She. I love artists who go with their uh, creative impulse. Yeah, like whoever you are, that's probably why I like Tom Waits. Yeah. you know, like you just people, you know, like Ryan Cooler Even you're like, okay, this guy, you they know, just, he's he's a good director. He knows how to write. He also understands. I just love it when people are like, kind of actualizing those yeah. creative impulses. They just
4: like double down on who they are. Like, yeah, I'm just gonna do. I was
2: yeah
3: I was talking to Tilda Swinton. It's reminding me now that she, of course, was at the center of controversy last year around about the um the Doctor oh, Strange. Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. Yeah, yeah, when she was cast, and I know nothing about the Doctor worst Strange. Marvel um, about, yes, it wasn't good, was it? Oh, I
2: kind of, I mean, I like, okay. okay. I like the concept. I like the
1: concept. Yeah, the concept. Unless some was of the other. Yeah. It was yeah. a good yeah. plane,
3: plane movie. I, I thought, watched it on the plane. I think, yeah, it's a good plane I movie. I thought that yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, it was miscast.
2: His name makes yeah. me hungry, does that do yeah.
1: it? <laughs> his uh Every It time sounds I, like a delicious breakfast item. Right? Yeah.
2: Like uh, a really good muffin or something. I
1: muffin? have a hard time taking him seriously because his name the sounds about comically yeah, exactly. British.
3: Yeah, exactly. Like
1: yeah. it doesn't seem real. It seems like you like made up a like British name generator and you go. Yeah. Like, oh.
3: Well, Benedict Cumberbatch. I think he's yeah. a really, he's a brilliant actor. Sure, and, and um, Barlow oh, is a really, he's really nice dude as well, by all yeah. comes, But um, he's smart as a whip. Yeah, yeah. super smart. Yeah. But yeah. it was weird. I thought, and I thought he did like a good job, you know. And it was a massive movie. But I remember just feeling one of those weird times when you just think, I just think he's slightly miscast, and I can't quite. It felt like he was working very hard a lot of the time. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Instead of feeling effortless but to get back to the Tilda Swinton thing there was a big controversy about it, it was a it was a yellow face whitewashing controversy yeah it?
2: yeah think, yeah yeah, the,
3: yeah. and I remember being really intrigued by that because the dynamics of it were very very interesting because I remember the director saying like <clears throat> Well, actually, we thought we were doing something really interesting because it was traditionally a male role, mm. and so we thought because Tilda is a woman, yeah. The and also, runner, and it also has these like very ethereal, sort of timeless, sort of like. Other I remember qualities. reading about
2: it, like because I, like, whenever, I, like, I read her statements, I read how people mm. misstated her statements. I read the whole, yeah. Like I remember reading around the whole issue because I was like, did she really fuck up? Because I like her a lot, yeah. So I was like, did she really fuck up? And in my mind, I don't really know she did. I, I think like. least from what I recall and everything I was reading and the character apparently was like a, a, like a, like a South Asian monk or something. Or like a Tibetan monk, yeah,
3: he's like or something a, like that. I never read the original comics, but I think you're right. I think it was like yeah. a sort of a timeless Tibetan.
2: Mm, yeah, yeah. Like and then to have like, a, and then they're like, you put a white woman in, it's whitewashing, and so, and I get that. Um, but I even from what I understand too, with that cast, there's also a bunch of other things they did with casting that was interesting. Like they apparently uh, well, Ch- Ch- they- or Trib- was in it. I mean,
3: yeah, yeah, um, yeah, as well playing yeah. what was traditionally I think a either a a South Asian role or even a white role. I'm not sure. that? She he, was played, for his, uh, he played. He was the lead in Twelve Years a Slave. Okay. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um,
4: and they cast him as
3: he. They also did another piece of cross casting. Like where yeah. they, yeah, they yeah, it, yeah, And
2: that's the thing that they, they, they were. It was interesting. I thought Doctor Strange was interesting because there was an attempt to avoid making a mistake. Exactly. Yeah. And yet it and still yeah, made still got a mistake. Up. Yeah. Well, because it, it, it kind of like I don't know. You know, it's, it's part of the broader problem. We just need to get better at making sure that we're actually representing people, so that mm-hmm. if you make certain creative choices. You know it's okay because Mm. because people are actually getting opportunities otherwise. And but I think that's the the, it's like everyone had a point. Like I could see I could see everyone's yeah I could see their point of view. But I I could also see how it really was amiss. People were not connecting. Maybe yeah, it's like
4: if if the problem is so big that maybe I'm trying to understand this Mm. argument right. So if like if the if the problem of not being representative in casting roles, then. Even when you try to do something you you try to be more inclusive with your casting, you can still be guilty of messing it up if you don't do it the right way because the problem is so big everyone is is very sensitive to it. The, the, the touchy, it it's touchy because the problem is so vast. But yeah, yeah. I mean, right? I mean, to and if, if, that, if yeah. that problem gets less vast, then the sensitivity starts to wane a little
3: bit.
2: Well, yeah, it for sure. It? I mean, like, I, I would say, like, you know, essentially, yes. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, like, yeah, essentially, right. yes. Like, in the sense, is this, is this something where, like, you if know. If everyone's
3: getting chances, you become less sensitive about yeah. someone not getting the chance.
2: Yeah. And and you can also do funky and weird things. And it can mm-hmm. be a creative choice versus it being
5: yeah, kind like of it. seen
2: as, like, a, so you trying to, like, um, uh-huh. exclude anyone. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and maybe they were. Sometimes you just, I think a lot of what it is is that, People don't even realize a lot of how prejudice really manifests. Like I've actually been thinking about this and there's a bunch of articles I have in my head that I haven't written that I want to write. And one of them is like about how like I don't think we even have accurate definitions of the things we're talking about. Like, oh, yeah. like, like you know, we'll talk about sexism, but I'm like, do we really know what that is? Because yeah. the, there's a textbook definition, but this is how it actually manifests in our society. Yeah, and it may not that may not be what the textbook thing is. And, and the also, same, those and, word, and yeah. the words
3: themselves, as a result of that, start to feel like they lose their meaning because then they just become yeah. sort of cudgels that you sort of hit people with, right? Instead of actually talking about like the the nuance of like I mean, the you know the details of what's happening in an of interaction. Define, as, I think that's what also part those of the. Yeah. That,
2: that's part of why it's a problem. Like mm-hmm. it's like the, the, our relationship to language and how we really appreciate and understand it. It's like critical. Like yeah. in terms of like us being able to have a conversation. And I think we have gotten mm-hmm. to a point now where like I don't know what words are. Like I love words because I I I work with mm-hmm. words. But there's a degree to which like we're there's so many bizarre ways people are interpreting language right now. Like in mm-hmm. terms of just. <laughs> like that like i literally every day i'm like i just don't know
3: like yeah I, we it's, talked a bit about this last week didn't we, we did yeah this, like, we kind of touched on it like, I'm, i think what i was saying is something something that i definitely uh, completely chime with that is there's mm-hmm. i think that there's this thing isn't there partly to do with the modes of expression which mm-hmm. is i think obviously short form things like twitter and social mm-hmm. media encourage a sort of short burst of interaction yeah and um but also the other and as a result of that interactions or like the way you talk about such big complex subject matters with such like huge wells and depths of feeling and to them become very sort of headliney you know so like people but also the quality of the language is often very academic I feel as well you know and so yeah. and and then it becomes i think as soon as things start to become very academic it's not that academic language in itself has no worth it does it has a place mm-hmm. but it can often then it's it,
2: not colloquial you it's say. not colloquial yeah, you know, yeah it doesn't
3: feel individual or felt and yeah it can feel quite distancing but it's almost like it feels more like science and so ergo maybe that's the most valid way to engage with anything you know but it's funny because it makes it almost less human at times and what i always feel like it feels read,
1: like a debate than yeah,
3: conversation. yeah when i feel like opinion pe- a piece when i read opinion pieces and stuff that engage in that sort of way of discussion I often intellectually I'm very stimulated and I feel like I'm, I often agree with things that have been said because but I often also at the same time feel very distanced you know and mm. that a lot of the language is being you know, it's like we said, it's almost kind of losing its meaning. Cause it feels we, impractical. Yeah. It or feels like you of, don't
1: know what your practical application moving forward.
3: Yeah, prepared. exactly. Yeah. I feel often, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not quite sure how to take the utilization of even most generic words like sexism or racism into the real world in terms of how I understand. Interacting ah, with
2: that's interesting. That's, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and I, I hear you because it's like, um, I think that's also, Kind of part of the bigger problem of. Did you have
3: um, I Hear You
1: written down as number four? I did! I did! Who told you, man? Make sure
2: we say I Hear You. These are my own crib notes, man. These are my crib notes. That shit was hilarious. That guy's a fucking. Anyway. But like. uh, Yeah. yeah. Who cares? That guy's just like a disaster, yo. Anyway, but like. you know, he's, like, that guy who, like, you know, like, you know those, that couple who, like, you just don't invite to parties. <laughs> you know, you're just, like, just don't invite. Uh, yeah, Don, uh, Don and Melania, like, we just don't want that energy nah. at the party. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, yeah, like, it, it is interesting because I was actually talking to a guy, a friend of, my, of mine about this. I'm actually curious because uh, since I'm here with all these fellas. And it's so funny. From growing up with brothers, I'm so used to being around guys yeah. that... Uh, I actually feel sometimes more comfortable around like a whole bunch of guys than otherwise. But uh, I think that's just because of (laughs) upbringing. Right. Mm -hmm. But like one thing I'm interested in about with men right now is that like, I feel like a lot of guys uh, just from having some conversations here and there are like, what the hell's going on? Like, you know, like a lot of guys are kind of like, I don't even know. Like, cause, uh, from my experience of in really intimate relationships with men, you're like brothers. Like when you really like you're there and you're like shitting in the same toilet, that's an intimate connection. You know what I mean?
3: <laughs> Agreed. So like, oh, yeah. You know what
2: I'm saying? So it's something where like, we
3: smell each other. You yeah. know
2: what I'm saying? So like, like we, you know, when we were kids, we're in the same tub, it's deep, you yeah. know? So like, it's something where like, from what I understand with guys, it's like guys need kind of pretty clear signals. Like if they don't really have a clear understanding of what is wanted, they sometimes don't know what to do.
5: Mm-hmm. You know
2: what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I often think of guys as being kind of more of a practical. I think it's why men get a stereotype of being like um, uh, more like uh, external and mechanical, because I think guys are kind of practical, because they're like, yeah. how do I apply this to the real world? Like, they're, yeah. they're cool with the inner world, but they're like, where's the app? Like, yeah. how do I apply it? And, and I feel like, I could be wrong, but I feel like a lot of guys now. And then you can also break it down even across race or, like, class or, you know, age. Mm. Uh, but, like, generally speaking, I feel like a lot of men are kind of like, wait, what's happening? You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like, wait, where? Yeah, what, what do, do I... I
1: do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do we do yeah. now? <laughs> yeah,
2: that, that, that's a sense I'm getting. Yeah, you know, yeah, I don't yeah. think, or what, guys... what
1: did I do? Or I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Or, cause yeah. like, that's the basic level of, you know, that, like, <laughs> me as, like, unlearning. Uh, or it's just, like, learning to hear, to, like learning to do number five and hear people uh, (laughs) is like seeing like peeling back layers of, I think people, I think like what you were saying, like academic language and like privilege has become like a really academic term that we don't understand. But really it's just like, it's different, le- like the for me in my mi- mind, the best basic way to like understand it is like it's different levels of access or of really not having to deal with things. Yeah. So, like, if you're yeah, it's the doing the, the yeah, idea of what
3: we're doing as well, I think is a really interesting way to look at that. It's, it's like when how you're you that practical, right? And, and men have an instinct yeah. to practicality, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And when
1: you grow up as like a white guy in America. You, you start off with, like, this. You're like, well, I'm not doing anything actively towards any of this stuff. But then you don't realize, like... or And then you go, like, well, what's what are people complaining about? Or what's wrong? I don't see any of these things. So like, of course I don't see any of these Cause things. I'm a man Cause who, I'm because blind I'm blind to it. Because I'm a man who does things. And I think that, like, um, especially, like, men of color have, like, a really good... Have a good opportunity to, like, to see where, you know, like, their... Like, their privilege of being a male versus like uh you know I'm trying, basically I mean, how race yeah, and yeah. gender like can how it like, like can, how they can like learn from that i think we're like a really interesting position where people are starting to listen more or or just people i don't know if people are starting to listen more but people with less privilege are getting more of a voice or mm-hmm. or just being heard more and hopefully people listen to like kind of peel back, start to peel back, like oh, okay, these are my cons- preconceived notions of like what is just the uh, objective, fair truth are don't exist in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Like that, this is that there is a lot of history and trauma and all of this stuff that is backed up behind that, and it's not fair for me to just assume that I have the unbiased opinion
2: right yeah I, I right guess that's
1: like or that was like not linear opinion linear like way. answer answer yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah thinking also.
1: that my opinion is is an answer yeah. and not just an opinion
4: yeah but well, that's right. true across
3: right. the whole current climate is that there's yeah. lots of answers aren't there yeah you know, yeah being offered
4: yeah
2: yeah i mean i think it, yeah i think that's right i think it's like um i think everyone needs to I think there's a lot of reckoning that has to happen, basically. I think there's, like, a lot of just kind of, like, us coming to terms with the reality of the world we're in. And I think, Mm. especially one thing I find fascinating about the United States is, like... um, uh, Cause I, you know, I haven't gone home for a couple of years, and I, and and uh, even though I'm originally from Kenya and I grew up in New York, I'm used to New York City. I'm used to the states, but there's a degree to which I'm always looking at this country as this like other place. It's uh, it's outside of me. Yeah, so me I'm too. always I, like watching it. I mean, I've
3: only been here four years, but this is entirely how
2: I. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like you're always like always kind of watching it, and I've mean, I've been and I've been watching this place for like decades, right? So and it's like you know I've had this name my whole life. I haven't changed it. You know, I don't do it very much to. Um, Adjust my style or anything to fit in with any kind of uh, so-called norms. Uh, so I've just kind of lived my life as much as I can as a Kenyan person in New York, uh, you know. But I, I am a New Yorker, right? And like, one thing I find so funny about this country is like, people, like people are so um, propagandized here. Like people have such a like, uh, like weird narrative like of Mm -hmm. of what reality is not to say that like other societies don't propagandize their people and you can go to different countries and find like you know pretty like you know brainwashed folks but like um the states is so interesting as a large developed nation it treats its citizens like uh you'd imagine in some other more kind of in terms of the information, I'm talking about pure information. I'm yeah. not even talking the about the story. Like, the story, yeah, that is yeah, true. yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. so propagandized. It's so like not true, and it's so also. And the the untruth of it is not helpful. Like that's what I mean. Like yeah. if it was like a helpful untruth, I think I'd be like, okay, this is a narrative that supports. And, and is emboldening something positive. But I find that it hurts. Yeah. Like, I find even, like, the idea that this country is, like, number one and that's still what we say. Yes, and it's, like, not number one on anything unless it's, like, bad stuff like prisons or, like, you know, um, adults with, like, heroin addictions or, like... You the uh, most money. You, you, yeah. you, you know what I mean? <laughs> okay. yeah. You know what I mean? It gets, it's, it's stuff like that. But it's, like, but because we're so ad- into this narrative... Like we're not—it's like hurting us. You know what I mean? Well, like I mean it's, for it's me, though, like, yeah, it's
3: like the idea of American exceptionalism, isn't it? That old idea. But the thing that I, as an outsider being here, find so fascinating about that mm-hmm. is—it sounds such a simplistic thing to say, but the, like, the narratives within the states that are so interesting to me are those ones of this sort of exceptional nation of like newcomers coming together to create this great ut- utopian ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, that's such a worldly idea. Do you know what I mean? It, it seemingly is a utopian built on an idea of universality and worldliness that we can kind of encompass a world in one. Yeah. but yet the narratives that are sold about that exceptionalism are so isolationist now like the feeling to be here my increase in all time I spend in America I'm fa- and I'm fascinated by those things And outsiders is that it's how isolated it feels in terms of when people tell those stories about yeah. the states or when you engage with the, those stories coming out when you actually tr- try and pay a bit of attention to what people are saying in other parts from outside the, the rest of the states and yeah. you know, when I spent a lot of time in the south that was something I just thought all the time I just was like Mm-hmm. and it's I mean I struggle with actually having a real position about it I just consider it so, it sounds so childish almost but I kept on finding myself thinking wow man you're so far away from everything else <laughs> and, and like your opinions about who you are here in this place are also so indicative of being so far away but the belief system is that we are far away and we want to be far away and we are exceptional in being far away right. but yet there's this weird tension that at the same time, is that what they're saying makes them so great is this sort of place where the world has come together. And that's like an inherent paradox to me that I find.
2: It's strange. In terms it's, of the it's, falseness it's, of it, you know what from, I, mean? I don't know if you guys are feeling this. You know, you guys grew up in the States, right? So it's something where, like, I've literally felt in my lifetime of being here since the 80s into now, it's getting weirder and weirder. I agree. Like, You know what I oh, mean? And I'm not talking yeah. just about the Bush, the Trump years. Yeah. You know I'm talking about? Even before that, it's just like, even, you know, it just, it's it's like... It is. It feels real sci-fi. Like you know what I mean. Like sometimes, like so. There's things about this culture. I'm like, this is really crazy because it's like, um, you know, every country has a notions that about their greatness. That's like part of kind of empire in general. Any empire will have some idea about them being amazing and come up with some sort of origination story around that. Great, Great Britain, everybody. Yeah, exactly right. (laughs) Exactly, exactly right precisely it's tiny island yeah. right like it was dominated are, the planet we
3: are great we did not need the european union we are great great yeah, still
2: exactly Bre- and the, everyone voted for brexit next week they're like wait what's brexit uh, what? Hey, what was that what did we say um
4: well i think i think there's an interesting thing to like because i've been I, so i was trying to explain to my, like my my norwegian friends um were asking me the other day about like gun stuff, right? Yeah. You know, because obviously that's a big issue right now with the, with the NRA and and the the shooting. That's you know one of many that's occurred again. Um, and like I, you know, this isn't a, no secret to like I own multiple guns back home. I, I like them as as mm-hmm. things. Uh, you know, my, all of mine are are for the most part from World War II. Mm-hmm. I, I like guns. I like them mm-hmm. the same way I like motorcycles or cars or you know anything like that. I, I think they're they're cool items to take apart and clean and mm-hmm. i'm into them mm-hmm. um i'm 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 far less into the idea of using them for anything i just i like to take them apart mm-hmm. so like i, I like guns mm-hmm. um right, not, the,
3: the history of them yeah and, i mean really
4: well, even like a brand new ar-15 right like i i think that item is a is a cool item it appeals to my of sensibilities of mm-hmm. i like to go out to the woods and shoot it at a, a pile of dirt and I, mm-hmm. I, I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but, uh, you know, uh, where I, where I, my opinion changes is on the application and the need for such things. Um, so, so I was trying to, I, I, I take that where I am with guns to try to help bridge that gap of, of people who just like have no clue why they even exist in this way. And, and mm-hmm. so, my Norwegian friends were complete, you know, they were just perplexed by the whole thing. They're like, why are Americans this way about guns? You know, what is the deal? And so, I'm like, you know, I'm like let me start off by saying I like guns, like as this idea. Or, you know, no, not as an idea, as as this physical thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But where they are in in the culture, I I pretty dramatically and like firmly disagree with. Mm-hmm. Um. And and so and this all is coming back to what we're saying about like what you're saying about like the the propagandizing of things, mm-hmm. is I think. The reason why America is so susceptible to it and it makes things like, you know, the the deep red states so hard to change on things like that that have been like very heavily propagandized is we, we look at ourselves as Americans and we're like we have access to everything we're not we're not limited we're not like we have the internet can go anywhere we want it to like, we're not like China we're not like Brazil or wherever that has not this, yet yeah well <laughs> yeah that's true
5: yeah
4: but you know what like so where, where Net- we are neutrality hey, folks yeah. yeah yeah. but you know we have this we have this uh, support from our culture and the, everything that we've and, and the realities of the way we've been raised and, and, and like and we can we can learn whatever we want to learn we yeah. may not be taught taught it mm-hmm. you know things like there's like the,
2: acts there's technically the availability but it's like mm-hmm. yeah exactly and yeah. and
4: so at varying levels so the belief in that access yeah, yeah. allows people to double down on their like dog dogmatic rights or thing whatever thing yeah. of like guns are good and we are going to use them to be the best and i will not be changed on this or whatever yeah, the whatever, whatever the thing about the is well, there's it's
3: a... very interesting because it's about belief systems isn't it there's is a belief absolutely it's, and, well, you some, you know, and well, so there's
1: been a radical shift too though yeah. from well, but, guns being like a fringe group yeah. thinking that like a fringe group of which some I'm related to yeah <laughs> <laughs> I have some weird relatives that have that have always like from the 90s like didn't like the Clinton assault weapons ban yeah. and like stockpiled stuff and like prepper
5: mm-hmm. prepper
1: stuff but now that's like way more mainstream and so everybody's like freak. everybody's like bringing up all this stuff like Alex Jones has been saying you know like Alex was Jones, saying man. like pre the election I, I like think, oh this sounds
3: like my, sounds like my <laughs> uncle <laughs> another looney
1: tune
4: who's come to the top <laughs> no 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 you know? I, just, I
2: just find him like I just find him I don't yes I've watched homeland at all
3: no, I haven't, mm-hmm. I, haven't. I haven't watched him. I haven't. My cousin was <laughs> in
2: that show. Yeah. It, it is, it's a really good show, but there's like Alex Jones-ish character on the show, yeah. like now played by this actor. It's actually a really good actor. He used to be on that show, Medium. I don't know if you ever watched Medium. No. Nope. He's, he's a he's a character actor who I find fascinating every time I see him, and I always have a visceral reaction to him. Like sometimes I hate him, yeah. Or sometimes mm-hmm. I like I'm really into him, and it's like it's because of how he is. He like makes me feel all these things. So he's like crazy guy, but so like. Um, but, like, Alex Jones or, like, these kind of French characters, these top mm-hmm. radio guys, I just find them so...
1: Very fascinating. Yeah, because yeah.
2: they just... They just they just law bullshit for a living. And they know it. Oh, mm-hmm. See, yeah. that's where and, I, and, and, Yeah, my yeah, and interest it, and is It's there. like, it's like
4: it, do they believe this? They don't. Are they, are they,
2: they real? Do they do not. They 100% don't. It's it, the it's, same it's Trump kind it, of personality. Yeah, it's it's almost, like, it's when it's you know Trump, you're yeah, lying, yeah, yeah. it's like that same Trump thing where, like, they just... They, they, there's no they are
1: just selling a, a commodity
2: they, yeah, it's like, almost
3: avant garde do you know what I mean, but... <laughs>
1: there's, so, there's a part of them that wants it to be
3: well, so you, like, well, what they believe in, I think, is that idea of the maintenance of the lie. Do you know what I mean? Is that they have to maintain it in order to be able to do what they do.
1: Well, yeah, that persona
4: kind of, gives them power. Well,
1: well, well, yeah, I don't know about the, I, don't, I can't speak to Alex Jones specifically, but the, the idea of those people that would go out into the woods and be preppers and like be mm. a part of some militia. Oh, they believe like, that. They be, there's like a, there's, there's a, no doubt about yeah, that. there's, there's like a. I don't know, and it, it's not the 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 problem we're in right now is like that has become even more like not. It's the Overton window has moved. Like what we consider to be normal has shifted so far over cool. because these people are getting like because Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity and Alex Jones are saying all these crazy things, or because Sean Hall, Sean Hannity and Alex Jones say these crazy things, it makes Tucker Carlson who is an insane racist person seem more normal. Mm. You're like, because he's not saying because like lizard people. A bow tie. <laughs> like not saying lizard people. Yeah. I'm like, mm. okay. Well but so like that's that's my point though
4: that I was trying to get to is that like I think what we're finding now is things are getting ramped up because and, and it's and it's harder to change people's minds. I think like, sci-fi is like I'm
3: gonna say it feels things are feeling sci-fi. Well but they? weird. But yeah. it's
4: but it's it's if you if you really think it through, because I mean like, you know, me and Coulter grew up In Alabama, and this isn't, you know, and my disclaimer is this isn't, you know, I'm not saying people from Alabama are bad. I I don't believe in that. But we grew up around a lot of people that are this way yeah. in that, like, they are fine people on a base level. But because of the way propaganda has worked and because of this belief in the access, we... You know, and I, I've had the conversation with the Trump stuff. I've had the conversation with the gun stuff with people from back home that I deeply love and respect, and I think are good, genuinely warm-hearted, good people who fell victim to the propagandizing of things. But because they have this belief in the access, they—if you say, "Yeah, but you were tricked," they
2: can't—they can't they believe, can't believe it because, yeah.
4: like, when you tell somebody from a from a dictatorship you know if you if you if you get someone from North Korea out of North Korea and you say listen you were raised this way you were taught this this and this mm-hmm. but you know things weren't right you may not know all the truth but you know things weren't right because you lived this way let me let me teach you how you were lied to mm-hmm. listen, those yeah. people are going to be open they're going to probably have a better chance of hearing that because they they, they understand on some level the, the limited access they well, have to information. On
3: a, and on a very simple level, it's about the exposure to cruelty, isn't it? You know, that if you are being made to feel, if you're experiencing severe privation as a human being, you know, so yeah. in, in a dictatorship where you are, let's say for, you know... F- you, you cannot access food you know and there is a level of deprivation yeah. you're more likely to think you're in a necklace. it's an obvious thing to say but you know what of course when you're being propagandized in the way we're talking about in a country whereby you are being a, given everything you need yeah,
5: <laughs> yeah, you know? or at
2: least you're, you're told that yeah. anyone yes. can get yeah. anything yeah. Yeah. that yeah. Yeah. they need and of, and of so, course
3: both things can then be true yeah. I mean like you know North yeah. Korea is an obvious example then you know but in true weird totalitarian states, you will be deprived it's the night, yeah. it's the George Orwell idea it's the high idea you'll mm. be deprived but being told but you will be told your deprivation is a beautiful thing yeah, <laughs> you, know? Well, so then, like, yeah. you know that's like the most extreme version mm-hmm. of both but it's more likely to be on other, one of the other sides of the coin but i think yeah. what we see in the states certainly i think
5: and, is and that. you know
2: i wrote an article years in ago because yeah. i do find the gun thing in america fascinating and yeah. I, I took it on a little bit a couple years ago and i came to some conclusions that like, like sit well with me for the moment but i'm sure there's also more digging right mm-hmm. but like so I'd, I'd done all this like research, and I was trying to figure out like what are like what are guns like you know. So I was like, okay, you know, it went from like the Chinese like um, uh, gunpowder, you know, Europeans getting it, uh, you know, people making like muskets and you know all that type of like, cannons and you know, and then you know uh, like then it gets into like personal uh, you know dueling pistols, right? Yeah, a musket. Uh, yeah, challenge you yeah. to a duel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, the, so. i you're a dog. But what's interesting about the United States because of how it colonized this landmass. Um, guns were really instrumental. Like, yeah. they, mm-hmm. they were like a, was... they were like a really instrumental tool, and um, uh, and then the, the the violence and the brutality that was actually done here—that's all part of this country's like yeah. memory, even yeah. though you may well, not talk about it. It's, it's, well, that's, it's yeah, it's, our version that's, of
1: yeah. knights or samurai or whatever you what yeah. have you is like cowboys, the, the minutemen, right. or like, right, like yeah, like yeah.
4: that's yeah. yeah. Well, and that's what I was explaining to right. my my Norwegian friends was I was like you, you know right. you've got to because Norway's. Obviously, very old, right? And I was right. like, you got to understand because you could, you know, because like, I was like, we were, were birth, Vikings
1: or our cowboys. <laughs> yeah. I was
4: like, well, we were our nation was birthed out of a violent, you know, coup mm-hmm. and then secondarily expanded by colonizing and destroying the native population. Mm-hmm. So, like, between those two things, that is a very real part of the American psyche. And my uh, Ida mm-hmm. was saying, well, We, but like, we're Norwegians. Like, that is definitely our thing. I was like, yes, but that happened thousands of years ago. Mm -hmm. Ours happened 400 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, so it's, it's yeah, very new to us. I read a us. really
3: good letter in the Atlantic raising that precise point, which yeah. I chime very true as an outsider again for me because, you know, I just find it, the fundamental level not being from the country when you engage with the whole gun thing, it's just, just like... It's it just looks seems, nuts. It just seems yeah. just like my, All of my friends like, from around just, the world yeah, yeah. are just
2: like, what the holy hell? Yeah. Yeah. They, and they, they, they're always doing <laughs> that whole like... Just explain.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because it's yeah.
2: not logical. So, like, mm-hmm. they, so you have to kind of give them the logic. You're like, yeah. this is the American logic. Well, and, and you know this what I mean? is, like,
4: yeah. I, I can admit that this is all, this line of thinking mm-hmm. is new to me. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I wasn't really my my granddad had shotguns I didn't come from like a arm yourself for the government like I didn't come from that family but guns weren't weird they they weren't weird
3: I mean I'd say in the UK and also in other countries uh, but i could certainly say in the United Kingdom and that there are people who have a similar opinion to you about like the history of guns in terms of their design and things like that but you know just to to be briefly like really banally political about it you know the the gun control legislation means you could own those things if you so wished you know but you just have to go through an enormous amount of who to make sure that you can well, have that well, you there's, know there's, a, there's a, a
2: fundamental mistrust of authority in this country yeah yeah, yeah. like well, that's, I mean, that's part the way we were of founded. America like, yeah. a, like yeah. a big part of America is not trusting the king that's why like, we like, have that's yeah. Yeah. I mean that's such like, a huge don't part of trust the you take king.
3: the words out of my mouth I was yeah. just about to say yeah, yeah, like so it's like you came here
2: to not be near the king yeah it's a big part but that's also the irony as well about Donald Trump is because I think it's interesting is that uh on the one hand he he's it's like there's a general mistrust of of, of inherited authority or a kind of sovereign authority yeah. and like- you know anyone who's kind of just Coming
4: from like a long political line or something yeah, like that? Yeah, or just yeah. kind
2: of just decreed. Like there's a general problem with aristocracy and, and that kind of thing. But when it comes to oligarchy, which is like, you know, business, money people,
5: yeah.
2: people haven't really quite figured out how they sit with that. Yeah. So, because this is a capitalist country, they have such admiration. For the businessman, because it's like the autonomous individualist money maker, you know, yeah. I, you know, I have sex with twenty women a day, and I fucking get like crazy money on the Dow, motherfucker. Like yeah. that's like, ah, people are like, yeah. it's great. Yeah. you know, something, so, you <laughs> yeah. know, what I mean? like, but,
1: but like specifically for someone like Trump, too. yeah, like yeah. not from, not as much for like a, you know, someone who's like a Vanderbilt or a Rockefeller, you know, like yeah, we, we don't, don't, we don't like those people. But isn't he a combo though? Yeah, not yeah someone, that's am saying. Isn't
2: he, isn't he like a combo of the like the balling person rich you want to be like he's the, a rich, rich neck yeah. we, yeah. we
1: want a billionaire lo, Like, but who's but been on WWF yeah who,
2: rich who neck? likes wrestling. rich neck yeah, yeah
4: richneck that's you know, yeah. you know what it you know what it is yeah well,
5: no, no, but that's but no, that's why he's, he's so neck, ben, yeah.
3: that's why he's so successfully one of his greatest most successful lies is that he a... is that he's like a man he's the self-made man he's not a self-made man yeah. at all no right? he you was know, given like, he inherited 200 million dollars yeah, so. yeah. yeah I mean but I mean, I mean he's very successfully propagandized and so 100 The
2: dude lies constantly yeah. that's why i'm just I, like it's it's actually cartoonish i need
4: i need old bobby moles to get him i need it i need it to happen i don't know if
2: that's just gonna happen it's
4: gotta happen don't even i, I hope it does happen. it's gotta happen i'm not even <laughs> No, i really no, do I,
2: I am in such i haven't honestly just even in the past couple of days i found my i've been trying to like in this 2018 i've been trying to like figure out how emotionally i'm going to i'm responding to the culture because you know like how many times have i told you things that remember did then i come up to you before charlottesville Right? Before Charlottesville? Before yeah. Charlottesville. And I said something about how a vehicular terrorist attack. Yeah. And I talked to you about that as a possibility in this country, oh, yeah. right? I remember you were like, that sounds a little out out there. Yep. And I remember I was like, you sure? And I was like, why couldn't that happen? And I was talking about white supremacists, right? Yeah. I wasn't talking about jihadists. I, I was talking yeah. about white supremacists. And I remember then then Charlottesville happened. And I was just like, fuck. And, and, and that happens to me a lot, where like I'll see things and, and I'll posit them. And because they're they are absurd, yeah. but like I, so I can't even deny that. But I can see the potential for them to be a reality. So I posit them, and but this is what concerns me. It's like I feel like just the same as I was saying about like the American narrative, how that's hurting us. Like I feel like we have to like be optimistic, positive, pragmatic. Like recognize that generally speaking, more Americans are progressive kind, loving people yeah. than otherwise. That's generally what America is. But also not to be um, lulled into the idea that totally. the system works. Yeah. I mean, like, we, we, you well, know, we have this I idea. Mean, like, it's like, does it? I mean, like, you know, you hope the top cop, because that's what we're doing. They're talking yeah. about the top justice system. We're yeah. hoping the top justice system prevails. Yeah, But, like, what's interesting even about the office of the president is that this, that particular office is endowed with so much responsibility in, in a way that, that so much yeah, is not yeah. written down.
3: Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what I mean. It's endowed that it's, with a sort of symbolic, almost like yeah. a divine. Well, there's just yes. a, an unspoken. Yes. he will. Yes. You know, when he.
1: It's modeled off of a sovereign. It, in yeah. many ways, yeah. you know. This presidency will cause a lot of things that used to be just norms and expectations to be codified. Right. Yeah. To be like, okay, no, you have to do like you know before all of the, the presidents were just expected to do that and in order to get voted in they just did it you know yeah. like they divested their interest or right. they you know stuff like that like or they you know in the in the thing is we let little yeah there was there was a slide. subscription
3: towards yeah. the moral or ethical ideal of it as yeah. in it was like a social contract of it was a social, contract, would, was like, a social contract yeah it yeah, yeah. it's
1: like you know Lyndon Johnson kept his like radio station in Texas and like and then because of that you know like Jimmy Carter sells his, like, peanut form. But then now we point but well, like, Lyndon Johnson kept his radio station. I'm like, that, that's not the same thing as, like, owning an empire of hotels. Yeah. Did like, you see
2: Don <laughs> Jr. in India the other day?
1: Oh, yeah. A meeting with A meeting with Trump or whatever, yeah.
2: But you saw the title change, the whole thing? Like, initial, the initial title he had for that meeting... It oh, sounded yes. like a was government It was like, get like, access it, to the
1: government, basically. It,
2: basically. Or like, it was what? like, a, it sounded like a, the, the language for the meeting, even though it's supposed to be like a meet and greet, the language they originally put out there, you know, they keep messing up memos, like they can't get anything. Yeah.
3: They like, literally we were like, like give yeah. us money yeah. Yeah, exactly. and we will give get you money. things. Exactly. Like,
2: <laughs> yeah. you keep, and they'll be like, oh, we have to we'll win a date that, and,
3: with the American yeah. government. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. But it was like something, it was it's something. It was money so, for
3: success in <laughs> America It was one
2: of those, like, you know, when you go to those corporate meetings, like, you know, U.S. bilateral relations with the South asian yeah protect, it was something like that. oh yeah yeah it was and, talking it, about like like
1: u.s relations in like the yeah it was like it a, was like a
2: governmental sounding yeah, meeting it like a and he was there summit. to build yeah. trump towers and then they realized it so they changed it oh. and they updated it oh, and you're and you're just like because that's what i mean like there's no yeah like how do we even rein these people in and like i mean i hope i hope Mueller finds something but I've been listening – because I do obsess. So, like I, I, like, I have been listening to different experts and different analysis. And it's like – it's it, the thing that we're seeking to prove is elusive. Yeah. Well, the, like, the, you know, it's, it's just – even though there's things that have been done that we could say in many different ways we'd hope would be legal, But we haven't yeah. – we, you know, we haven't put anything
4: – Well, that's why the, the, y- the, y- the y- hope y- is that, like, if he yeah. can bring Trump up on some charge –
1: yeah, on obstruction of justice the, the, or some other financial. The likelihood that, that maybe he lies under oath is
4: so. Oh good. Yeah. oh yeah, like, he's going to
5: so himself. It's so strong. Yeah. Well,
4: and so like my my whole thing is like like I said, I, I mean, me and you have talked about this. I, yeah. I remember I called you one night. We had a long conversation about like, you know, I'm like I'm trying to figure out my tactics. You know, to talk to my people back home, people that like I do understand how they got tricked. Right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I I understand it emotion. I understand it like you know cognitively not emotionally but like i i get how you know the the path that led here is like the only way there is some sort of good that gets to come out of any of this is trump has to go to jail he has to because if anything else if anything else happens i know these people they will say big government's trying to shut down the truth he was an outsider and they Yeah, I mean that's that's the only thing. It it doesn't matter. You
2: mean it can't be just a resignation? No, absolutely not.
4: He has to go to jail. He has to be found guilty of a crime. Crime, like hard and fast. This isn't a conspiracy. This isn't a cover up. This isn't a. They just didn't like him. He did a thing and has to go to jail. And we proved it. Like, it's the only hope. God now, willing. some people it won't matter for, and that's yeah. fine. They're gone. Yeah. I mean, the people are still terrorizing he's, black people in the country just as a Klan. Like, right. those folks are done. It's fine. But, like, the majority, the folks who got Trump in the office, the regular people who got the worst parts of themselves kind of uh, appealed to, those people only get out alive, in my opinion from, like, seeing, oh, man, I got tricked by this criminal.
3: Yeah, and it it speaks to me about, like, being also an outsider in the country, being here when he came into office, and what we were just saying about the nature of the presidency as well. So I remember being deeply... I think the reason why something like that would have such currency... And such import is related to that idea of what the presidency is in terms of uh, uh, what uh, for me I mean it just seems in terms of the story of it I was so struck when he came when he got voted in about like the the level of emotion that was being played out about that and I just remember thinking from a British point of view and I just remember thinking we just don't have that relationship towards our prime minister yeah Yeah. Um, I Mm. mean like we do maybe towards the queen that's because you, know, you, you have but the, a but yeah, you have a representational figurehead
1: that ultimately rep- has no day-to-day power. It exactly. has your emotional... which yeah. is perfect. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> so the representational, you know, Not the perfect. idea of We're the represent the represent the like representational. I come to representation. Representational representation. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it the idea of the democracy in terms of the parliamentary one? Is that the, you know the leader of the party becomes uh, the prime minister. And it's only as a result of you keeping your MPs on side. So, like, Theresa May, for example, with Brexit at the moment, quite literally got a letter from like 56 MPs being like you need to do this They're mm. all on the right of the party going, mm. this is what you need to do for Brexit and like that's a serious threat to her being Prime Minister because you only need 45 MPs mm. in the British Parliamentary system to write a letter yeah. to something called that's a hilarious name it's like the 1922 1922 committee it's a ridiculous naming committee that if you write to them with 45 people saying we have no confidence in this person oh you can get rid of then them then there'll be a, you can get rid of them and there can be an election for a new leader and they will just become Prime Minister you don't have to be elected it's mm. not you know so it's all about the party controlling it so i was really struck in that respect seeing that outpour of it in -hmm. terms of like it being this sort of symbolic figurehead you know like a a moral figurehead that the presidency was actually a moral figurehead that you just endow it with those properties the american president
2: is the is the queen and the prime minister one yeah yeah that's what the president is and 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 Actually, some people have talked about how, like, maybe the United States should go to more of a president and parliamentary system, where they have a president mm-hmm. and a parliamentary figure, mm. so we can separate the politics and the yeah. sovereignty yeah, like in so there's some way to, yeah. Yeah. yeah, So there's some way to kind of hold the because
3: that's the German model is the republican is the republic system based on that. I think where there is the president is more of a symbolic figure. Yeah, yeah. Israel's the same. Lots of countries. I think, yeah, like yeah, that's Kenya that's has something. the same yeah. with president yeah. and
2: prime minister, but it's it's and it, but it's like something something's got to give, and I do yeah. agree. I, I do see how it's critical to see him go to jail almost like as a lesson because he's just created such a spectacle to everything. Yeah. There needs to be a definitive line drawn in the sand that this yeah. is not okay. Because the thing is, it's like, what's crazy? Like, what is I, it's, what's bugged out is just like, it's just like any situation where like, you have a cousin that comes over and like, so you had kids and they're just acting a certain way and your kids start acting a certain way and you're like, yeah. dude, stop doing that. You're making the kids act. this. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. a terrible impression you're putting. And it's like, uh, there's so many ways, like I don't think, even if this guy left today, there's so many ways. Cause oh, yeah. he's such, he's he's relentless. I mean like this guy doesn't sleep. Like I, he's his work ethic is bomb. Like yep. it's like unbelievable work <sighs> ethic. Like, cause this guy is this, no matter what you think about what he does, like, and I don't like anything he does, but he does it, yeah. You know what I mean? Like he did that. You know, he's awake he, all the Yeah, time. He, exactly. And he has people, or at least he has people kind yeah, of yeah, working can, on uh, his I,
3: behalf. Similarly, you know, things yeah. Then, like, I, I, I feel situations. like I've almost just got to the point now where I'm like, wow, he really did that. I mean, he actually did that thing. That thing was did by him. Yeah, you yeah. Know? <laughs>
2: exactly. No, he's it's it, it is it is bugged out. And I agree. I really do hope he goes to jail, and I and I do hope we get there, but. When I look at the, the the Republican Party is not even like what we grew up with. It's now no. yeah, it's more a like other- a Tea Party group. They're like mm-hmm. all a Freedom Caucus, wild, yeah. wild, like Paul Ryan, dead eyes kind of bunch. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, And like...
4: Well, it's like by any means necessary. Like, actually, yeah. I, thought,
2: I thought that actually the Alabama elections to me told me oh. a lot about the Republican Party. Because I was watching how the Republicans, because people were all chucking the about the Democrats and like, the Republicans. Yeah.
1: yeah. And at the beginning, they were all, yeah. well, this is Tara. I think he should step aside. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then later on, Mitch McConnell was like, well, I think we should let the people of Alabama decide.
2: Right, and right.
1: Like, oh. And I was like, oh, come on, Alabama. Please, please decide the right way.
2: Right. <laughs> like, but Don't you, vote also, in Roy Moore. you also saw within the party, the the way they were reacting to the more fringe element yeah and like more people than i would feel comfortable with were okay with roy Moore than i would like because, and, yeah. and 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 i was like oh that's a problem for the party like i was like oh, like you know the, that's the thing i it's think change, yes, people aren't getting like the happened. party is having like some it's going through stuff you know what i mean like, like, like what like, uh, i forgot
1: yeah. the guy's name but the guy who said who basically was just like yeah you know Right after Obama got elected, the only reason why Michael Steele became the head of the RNC is because he's black. and like Michael Steele was just like, "I'm right here, and you can't say that and like, and they were like, and basically, a bunch of people were like, well, I mean, don't you think that you should just, like, calm down and not and not take that, like, you know, and just, like, he no. said he said a lot of good things, too. And, and he was just like, no, I don't who's, think who's, I should do a, that at who, all. Who said that about him? Uh, I forgot his name. Oh, some, another Republican? Another, yeah some, yeah, some speaker. I don't even know if he was, like, an elected person. I think he might be just, like, a you know a pundit or something
2: yeah, like that. yeah. well in terms Which of that like,
3: craven attitude that's though, there you know that yeah. attitude in the party i mean yeah. you know again as an outsider, what it speaks to me is of something far broader you know to talk about something broad for a moment is that when you see someone shifting position so like you know roy moore and all the things that came out and then they're like well i don't think he should stand me and will briefly take a moral high ground if we can but then it becomes clear that the bigger yeah. the bigger more vested interests are at stake yep then any qualifications fall away. By any means necessary. We need a necessary. no matter what they are. Which reveals that the central dilemma or dynamic is in that constituency is far more about maintaining a far broader position of power, really, right? You know, about broad money and power and what can be maintained. Mm -hmm. And it takes me back to the gun idea, right? You know, so you having it's like what you're saying that you have your best, best interest in, like, in like the history and the item of it and yeah, and that's the same the world over, like, that's a valid position you know and you can have strict controls you know in order to make sure that the right people have access to things to you know and have to have the freedom to use the word that's overlaid to be able to do yeah. that but like what that freedom really means you know or like the freedom for Roy Moore to say the things he says or to stand for office like they can exist but really it's like what's the freedom you're defending like so when they're saying defending their rights to have a gun you know you could have a gun right you know but actually yep. what they really defending is like their freedom in order to have more guns than the people that don't want to have guns or to, to, to defend their position of power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's more that larger I continually now find myself going when you see those positions so flagrantly being shifted, like the Royal Moore one's a very bold example of that. Mm-hmm. But it's always about the sand will continually shift because like talking about what we said about the language being degraded, mm-hmm. but it's not actually about the words that have been said. It's like they will always shift and they will always degrade because actually the secret position is about not even that secret, it's very obvious to most people, isn't it? But mm-hmm. it's about maintaining that larger more like hegemonic power structure and that you know and you feel like a lot of the debates that are going on now are about that that more fundamental like you know stratas shifting around underneath isn't it and I I think a very desperate yeah. It feels very desperate to well, me. That's the sci-fi old. feel to it, is that you have that sense of it feeling so yeah. desperate that anything will be said, any reality will be constructed.
2: Well, I mean, honestly, uh, A, a yeah. by the way, everyone needs to fucking watch uh, um, Altered Carbon if you haven't. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like, immediately. Uh, just speaking about, like, a good illustration of just a world gone awry and, like, being really interesting and still having a vigilante fighting for yeah. justice. But, like, um, it. these are... Old, it's almost like you, know, you ever you know like an old brand or an old uh, corporation. It's like all, everyone you know everyone's eating off of it. It's like a big kind of bloated thing that everyone's life is built off of and mm-hmm. no one wants to see that cash cow go away. Mm-hmm. So everyone wants to get access to control it. Everyone wants to be like, I want to be CEO, I want to be the head. I want to run this shit because it's like a big bloated thing. So like the parties are like that in my yeah. opinion. like the mm-hmm. Republican and the Democratic Party, these big bloated things that have all, all mm. this kind of history of power. Um, but they're also kind of like archaic because they're all modeled off of very specific periods in American history that no longer exist. So like yep. the Democratic Party, for what it is, doesn't relate to the, the, whatever the Democratic base is. The mm-hmm. Republican Party, for what it is, doesn't really relate to the, Democratic, the Republican base. Because even though they may propagandize the base... They're not serving their base, like you know what I mean. Like it's not yeah. like they're actually yeah. doing anything that the base wants. They're just saying what the base wants to hear, and that is enough for now. Yeah. Uh, and maybe eventually people will get hip to that and be like, "That's not enough." I don't know. Uh, or maybe just the idea of being on the winning side is good enough for people and having choice and guns. You know what I mean? Like there's all these different well, ways that they're finding, they're using uh, the kind of they're exploiting people. We but We like,
1: shifted both... parties like a bunch of times pre 19. Yeah. I mean 191850. Yeah. 19, yeah. And then like that point on or maybe 1860 that point on republicans and democrats that is it and you're like
2: yeah no. it's it's weird <laughs> i mean like it, america is it's, it's stuck in a holding pattern in my opinion like in my yeah, opinion, so when, I, when funny, I look funny. at this yeah. country and like even when i just think about like how bad we are at innovation you know what i mean like we're like we have you know we have we have all this ability and we're not really innovating we're letting like like corporate ceos like amazon try to automate fucking grocery stores like whole foods or she will eventually but it's something where we're not actually trying to figure out how are we going to empower that kid who has a a erector set to like actually become some like innovative Mm -hmm. person who figures out how to turn our urine into drinking water like you know what i mean like you know like that's we should be like really empowering a lot more individuals well i mean what we're doing is like we're empowering corporations with interesting well, ideas. It's, it's like you, you said,
4: the political parties is like so many. I mean, the easy, like low hanging fruit is like, uh, you know, the, the, the oil industry. Like mm-hmm. they don't want any innovation. No. You know, it's like, yeah. it, it's, and there's so many, there's so many giant industries that want things to stay ostensibly the same as they were in the 50s. Right. Because guess what was happening in the 50s? A handful of people were using... Well, white males were using the entire open marketplace to set (laughs) their things up to make a lot of money. Right. So, like... So, the people who were in power, that was only, what, 70 years ago. Mm -hmm. So, like... They're not that different. The people who were the people who were in charge of that those same big powerhouses are long. still just the next generation of old white I mean, males. Yeah, like, so of course, they don't want
3: anything. To and change. I think another yeah. thing, one of the most exciting things about America for me as an outsider, is actually what you just said. It's not long ago. Like you know, social progress in terms, or actually technological progress, and obviously I think the states leads in many respects in terms of technology. But that sense of futurism, you know, and things moving quickly here, you know, the the patterns you're talking about in in terms of human history is short. Yeah, you know, like Mm -hmm. the speed of like whether you say whether you say the changes have happened or not is it? I really, you know,
2: I have to tell you, I feel because I'm I'm a very I consider myself a spiritual person. Mm. And even though I'm a logical person, I'm a very much a spiritual person. And I really feel like something changed. Like like literally something has changed. Like like in the past, like even more than uh, when Trump was elected. Like in the past couple months, something is different. Like in terms of just like, um, I think, you know, it's almost like, you ever watch Thundar the, Re- the, mm-hmm. yeah, no? uh, the Barbarian, the cartoon? Yeah. Thundar the Barbarian. And it's like in the, in the it's a cartoon from the 80s. And it's like, I have not and seen that, like, but I like, really want to. And he's like, it's like, you know, it's, like <laughs> it's like kind of like the drawing, like Hanna-Barbera type drawing, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's like, uh, you know kind of like what um what you mean, what's what space ghost kind of destroying yeah. that kind of look can it's you like,
3: just say it again in the way you said it oh yeah. thundar
2: the barbarian that's what i said that's, that's what i it was. It was like thundar it was almost like that it was like his name would come up and it's like you know but what is so dope about thundar so thundar was supposed to take place in the future and it's about a guy who was like uh neanderthal basically he yep. was like a caveman and like had like a a special horse and there were like tigers and you know there are all kinds of like uh, kind of uh, dinosaur era creatures around but it was supposed to be the future so the whole thing is in the beginning of Thunder they'd be like in the year this is like I was watching this say in the 80s and they'd be like in the year 2001 and I'm there in 88 like oh my god 2001 that's so far the future you know I couldn't and and, and I remember a couple years ago watching an episode of Thunder the Barbarian in like 2008 or something and it was like in the year 2001 and I was like that's what we thought. You know what I mean? I was like, that's what oh, we yeah. thought was going to happen. We thought we were going to go back to the past yep. in 2001. Be riding tigers and dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, like in 2001. And then also it's like we've passed that moment. And I, the reason why I'm bringing that up is because I think we have, a, we have an inaccurate assessment of what the future looks like. We oh, like yeah, to talk totally. about it. We like to, like, break it down. But I don't think we even know it. Yeah. It's, it's the same way I was saying, like, we don't even know the language we use. Like, I think there's a lot of things we just don't know. We, like, we do inaccurately, like, a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, in, in the, so, as far as the future thing goes, like, I think even right now we're in a different technological age. Oh, like, yeah, I think man. we literally have shifted. Like, when I think about the, the power of trolling and all this type of stuff, and uh, the amount of nanodata that's being collected day to day on just oh, the various, yeah. like, networks, I'm like, this, we've, some, we're, yeah. we're in another place. Um, and
3: it can't sustain like there's there's levels which can't be sustained Like I think as an outsider coming to this country as well I mean, I'm repeating that sort of like a mantra but I'm just so struck when I come to this st- when I actually in- talk with people about really fundamental things like that it's considered to be normal for people to leave education and have like over six figures worth of debt <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean yeah, is, like, like in the UK you will, yeah, leave, yeah. you will leave you will leave you will leave you have know, complained you leave education. about
2: like a little bit of debt you have yeah. protested I mean I, it, about,
3: makes, like, it makes people of my about. age and stage in this country weak when i tell them what it cost me to go to college which was i went to university in in 1999 was the first year of tuition fees in the Mm. united kingdom history and i paid 1000 english pounds a year for three years yeah and i got i got a student loan on top of that for living expenses yeah you know which i had eventually i paid back so it wasn't too much actually and it was like cheap to live in bristol where i was going but only cost me a thousand pounds a year and that was the first year they'd ever done it
2: yeah, right. I, remember, it, I, remember, I remember people protesting yeah. I remember people being complained yeah. like, a thousand pounds yeah. what do you think
3: I'm made of money <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but now it's like ten grand a year and um, which is still I think considerably minimal compared to America so people will like leave debt you know with debts so plus student loans on top it can happen in the UK you know people will be up to about 40 or 50 grand I think you know yeah. that's fair that's fair mm. comment in certain universities if they've got no other support and they're getting student loans for a living but there's there's and maybe if you there's no in the UK, there's not that thing when you necessarily feel like you have to do a master's as well. Like yeah. In the US, there's that thing for professionalism, isn't there? Yeah. Whereby mm-hmm. you're doing an MBA or an MFA in order mm-hmm. to be legitimised in your field or and obviously law and medicine, that's, it extends into that. But there's like, you know, that's, for example, like, again, like the gun thing, but it's just in terms of like you get people from out just trying to engage with the logic of that, being like, hang on a second. Because what that does, of course, is brings into, unless you have a certain degree of background support, which many people do, um, you know, that puts you in a position of like, it becomes difficult to be an individual who can think I can innovate or I can go about engaging with society in a way that has a degree of flexibility in terms of how I'm living or thinking about how I'm going to be an entrepreneur or make money because you you fall into a system immediately, don't you, where you are then… You have that level of debt burden. It's a form of, yeah. it is a, so, a, a negative social contract in itself. Like, debt can be stimulating. And, like, you know, I think some people, I can understand the argument in education, particularly, right? as well, paying a bit towards it is actually important. So you feel like getting value and then, you know, you work to pay that back. But the levels in this, you know, it's astonishing yeah. when you think about, and that's what I mean about it can't, the rest of the world isn't operating on that basis. You yeah. know, and yeah. it can't operate like that. You know, the, the country can't take it. You know, people no. are leaving, you know, people are getting wise to it as well. You know, there's people who are getting together now, aren't there, to, um, that amazing story John Oliver did it where you can buy back mm. your own debt because you can buy and sell debt on the market you know yeah, yeah. Mm. so people are going oh, I can buy five million dollars worth of education debt for 50 grand because it's just mm. a commodity and then write it off or you mm. can leave the country and they'll never chase you because they don't have the means you know things like that are just like they're red flags is what right, I mean right, right, right. It being a, a culture and a yeah. way of thinking about living which is just deeply unsustainable but it's like there's this dis- there's I mean we'll this, see there's this, there's I don't you know. know like
2: what do you guys think because like I kind of feel like because i it is the the debt the, the, there is the, there is a way that this uh, this empire is over it's bloated like you know what i mean as a as an empire yeah. it's it's a little lopsided so i think hopefully it innovates in such a way that it can sustain itself hmm. you know what i mean because certain changes have to be made and i think that's what a trump represents is like are we going to really just like innovate so we can continue or are we going to like uh, try to hold on to what we got yeah. and 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 not grow you know what i mean um and I think most people want to innovate, yeah. generally. Yeah. But, well, you know, like...
3: Oh, I don't mean I that think, in terms of collapse of civilizations. I don't mean... of the like, yeah. no, 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 But in no, terms no. of how that can shift, you feel like that can't surely but be the, endlessly the, tenable. To you know? me, Trump is the
1: inevitable, the inevitable outcome yeah. of ignoring certain facts about I completely America. agree. Yeah. Like Trump like, Trump isn't ignore, the problem in yeah. my book. Like, yeah. ignoring, Not at all. Like the something. fact that we've just, just never the, really dealt with the fact that like we stole this land from native americans. <laughs> yeah, and like we've never he, really dealt with the fact that like the wealth in this country was built yeah, on man. the back of slavery. It's, a, it's, a, yeah. then it's we'll a just be idea. pretending yeah. well, Trump, that like that stuff yeah. didn't happen forever and these problems will exist. Trump right. is simply
4: yeah. the the whitehead right. on top of the pimple right yeah it, like there's there's all the pus and the infection yeah. underground well, these that, old
3: proverbs exist for a reason it's like, yeah it's like <laughs> like, like the poison has to rise to the surface to right. yeah the boil,
4: i mean that's right. that's easier said than done obviously well and that's yeah. the thing that like being like a someone who's into history that's the part of it that sucks is that like you look back on all these things and you're like yeah i mean you know we're gonna you know we have something like trump this or we or no, more importantly we have something like barack obama right mm-hmm. like the first African American president. Not only that, but did a pretty good job. Yeah, like yeah, I think history, you know, like even
2: though I have my criticisms,
4: sure, well, I do it, too. Like on like,
2: athletic level, almost like a sports guy. Yeah. Like this guy put it on the board. He's, no, I mean he's yeah. in, like, he get Jordan numbers at the end. He, he did like, a lot you know? of stuff
4: that I'd like <laughs> yeah. adamantly disagree with. Yeah. yeah. But as far as a president doing a job for eight years, yeah. he did a pretty good job. Yeah, and like, and and, and he was he the first black president, which yeah. was that great. Other people
1: yeah. couldn't do too. Like, whatever you're, you know, like same with like Teddy Roosevelt.
5: Like
4: yeah,
1: there's lots of th- complaints that can can be levied against him, but no one else could have made national parks a thing. Yeah, right. And that's insane. That's right. Like right, right. 30 million acres. Well, and something.
4: like I you mean, know? on yeah, I mean on a on a whatever. Like we have something like Barack Obama that like makes you know. I, young black people feel emboldened to go and do whatever they feel like they should be able to go and do. Cause finally like the pinnacle of like American imagery looks like them, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's something that is like irreversible and incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, then you have Trump right after and, and you see it, historically, it happens that way all the time, right? You have, like, Reformation after the Civil mm-hmm. War, and then you have...
3: And Obama said it himself after Trump won, didn't yeah. he? he? just went, this is the swing of history, is what history yeah. is all about. The, so, the, the, the pendulum or,
1: like, ta like, the first white president. Because, like, that was, as whiteness, like, running... You know, like Trump was yeah. was like a you know it was a clapback, or it was yeah. like it was yeah. like a, a a pendulum swing. Yeah, it yeah. Was the First, yeah.
3: I read someone swing. saying that it was very much you know in t- talking in that archetypal ideas, you know, art- artistic ideas. It's like you know the the, the the idea of yin and yang is always about the present moment. There's always like this sense of a bothness in balance. Yeah, sure.
2: And, uh, and the, I mean, yeah. there is that. But I mean, that, but it's not, yeah. it
3: make, it, yeah. I think the problem when you start speaking like that is a truth that I think when you think about the larger picture, but yeah. it's very easy to then sort of drift into a slightly poetic way of thinking about the reality, which was actually really fucking grim.
4: Yeah, well, that's, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. And that's like, a that's something that like, because I, I do agree with that argument. Everyone's like, yeah, but this is just a step back. We're going to go in the future. And, and like, as being like a white dude, like, that's something I'm guilty of thinking and being like, well, you know what? We're just going to have a few years of this. We're going to be fine. But like, a lot of people are paying for it. A lot of people are paying for it. It can lead it. you
3: into a way of thinking that you go, well, then I don't need to do anything.
4: Yeah. Well, or just like, this is just the way it is. Those care. are just indicative yeah. of, I think it's of a larger funny. problem. But that's, to, yeah, I was that's the, to the thing. a
2: podcast, a, com- a comedy podcast the other day. Comedians just talking shit. Just a bunch of guys, Sausage Factory situation. And like... <laughs> And I was. Just, and we I was should listen-
3: rename our show maybe for just when we do our soda. <laughs> yeah. The Sausage just. Yeah. Yeah. The Sausage just. <laughs> <laughs> Bangers and mash. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, and I was listening to, it and it was really funny because I remember at one point one of the guys just said that he yeah. was like he was kind of like eh, it'll it'll be fine mm-hmm. like you know they were having a whole conversation about it talking about. You know, kinda of talking about who this guy trump, his personality. Yeah. You know, this dude, like did you see what that dude? You know like kinda of the he he's that's guy that's talking about a guy. Exactly. Did it. He really did it. He really did that. But then they were like, uh yeah, he's just they were just like, Yeah, it'll work out. And yeah. I, I, I think yeah. I, I don't know, I think I I don't think it'll just work out, but I think that if we our, if we I mean, stay with it,
4: something has to be worked out. That's It'll the work. thing. Yeah.
1: It'll, like we'll be less embarrassing to the rest of the world without Trump. But the problems that brought him here, like we have to actually do something about. Yeah, it. like right. will we'll go those, away naturally, and that will, and no one will be pointing. It was uh, my fr- at us. My, friend, right. p-
3: my friend Peter who like travels a lot for work. Um, he's an I'm American right, man, right. and is a different Peter? I do know <laughs> more than one Peter. I'm sorry, wow. I'm Sorry, Peter. <laughs> and um, uh, but right. he uh, he was telling me that he the only place he feels at the moment that he can go without feeling a sense of that feeling like he has to slightly hide his nationhood is the uk because when he goes and he's like i'm an american people in the uk are just like well yeah yeah i'm trump yeah but well, brexit and stuff. yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> so like walk up like there's you know. no mockery that can be had yeah we're yeah. yeah. gonna cancel each other out just mm-hmm. vaguely yeah. but he was like when he's on mainland europe or actually just anywhere else he has to go to australia and stuff you know he's yeah. just like hey, he was like there's a genuine sense of or people, people feel just, pity, people, or no, so much pity. You just said there's just a, a funny, just like a, like just about like, oh, hmm. like like you shit the bed kind of thing. Yeah, like you shit yeah. the bed. Yeah, kind of yeah. yeah,
2: like like, yeah, bed, yeah exactly. Okay, that's so funny. Oh well, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I mean, Trump I actually haven't travelled yet yeah. post Trump, so I wonder. Yeah. I, I,
4: yeah,
3: I went to Portugal last summer for a holiday for two weeks, and it was very interesting being there because Portugal was a very peaceful place. Now, like they had their own empire back in the day, but they like disinvested themselves of it. I think it might be the right term. Um... Quite a while ago now. Mm -hmm. And um, so they are... I think they are now quite literally without... You know any of their sort of like colonial um, places apart from the um, the islands,
2: Sao like, Tome. Píncipe. Yeah, yeah, the, the Verde, okay, islands, Verde, so yeah. Verde Islands. Okay, Verde Yeah, the, like West Coast Africa.
3: And apparently they did like. did not give those things up lightly, so there's still a, a, a hangover, a feeling a bit disgruntled about it. But I was very struck when I was in Portugal about how chilled out and friendly, and everyone was called João, which I enjoyed as well. Oh, that's and, good uh, to
2: say. I like yeah, saying João, João, João.
3: And uh, like but,
2: it. it's like it's a fun language to say João, João. Everything just, goes wow, wow.
3: Yeah, wow. and I remember being <laughs> going, but they asked me where I lived, and I was living in the states and It was very striking, just like for pe- just regular people being like having concern for me. Yeah, it was really interesting. They were like, they were like, oh, Are you okay? How's it going? You're right. And like, yeah. you're welcome. You're welcome here. <laughs> that well, is so
4: interesting. I don't know. That's, that, uh, I, we've probably no. Well, um, yeah. We uh, I don't know. My my uh, to end it on some sort of positive note on like the Trump thing is that like you know I I I do find some comfort's definitely not the, the right word, but some, something. in like, you know, cause I think about like, you know, my direct perspective tends to relate to like in, in the ways that Trump is messing things up is, you know, I think about the native community, right? Like, mm-hmm. and you know, after of course, Dakota access pipeline and the bears ears monuments and all of these different, you know, more of the same that's happening to like the native folks. And, you know, yeah, the things I, that really resonate with you yeah that's just that's just the stuff that i'm you know that that hits me in the softer spot you know I, I i my my one hope for the whole thing is that like we can as americans like can at some point stop i mean you know maybe trump will help us to realize that like you know we 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 don't need to go back to being the good guys we've really in a lot of ways, have yet to be the good guys. Well, the idea a, a, of being home. a good guy, more to the point. Yeah, yeah. and it's just like a narrative. Like, of it's like what Coulter guys. said earlier. It's like until we deal with the re- i mean, the reality, not mm, the history. Mm, like you mm, know, last mm, week mm. on our episode, we talked about this um, this uh, diplomat from Benin mm. who came to find like the supposedly possibly the Clotilda, the, the Clotilda which was the last slave ship. -hmm. That wrecked outside of Alabama or that Mm -hmm. they burned uh, Mm -hmm. outside of Alabama. And he went to like go and and, uh, essentially, like his family has. He's from the Royal Family. He's from the Royal Family. So they had been a part of selling. Slaves he was as
2: well. on your podcast? No, 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 We read a story about him. And okay, we were just talking okay. about it. I okay. wish you
3: would. Yeah, actually, you, actually, actually out he's, based, he's based in the states. This guy. He's, oh, is he's, yeah, he's a diplomat. Yeah, he's a diplomat and, um, yeah that's right. Benignis, um, he traveled there from. We should try and speak to him. A friend before. of yeah, our, a friend of
1: our, or a friend of Hal's or yeah. a friend of our friends, an acquaintance or whatever. Yeah. interviewed yeah. him while they were down in Mobile. Oh, okay.
4: So, but you know, the the point was just that like this guy was like did something that was really touching to us that we spent a lot of time talking about was just that like. Not, not only took the step to learn the facts, which is a big thing that, like, I th- if you're going to live in the United States, you need to learn the facts of slavery and of the genocide of the Native people. Mm-hmm. And that's your first step. And the second step is, like, really dealing with the realities of today mm-hmm. as a result of those two major things. Not that there aren't other atrocities that happened that led to what... But, like, those two formative exploits... If you, if you don't, or at least if you're not attempting to figure out how to deal with those realities and like become aware of them and then take the next step to say, like,
3: okay. But the third step this guy did was, I think, the thing that was most revealing that we were talking about was that he was talking, that he then, the third step having done those things or what, yeah. how he was engaging with it in a very just like common sense way as well. It wasn't like making a big drama about it. Yeah. It was that like because he was like, this is in my family line. He had investigated his own personal relation to that going backwards. And then what he did going to the site on a boat was he went to perform a personal sort of redemption or absolution ceremony in his own creative way Mm. to try Mm. and address that for himself. And he was very distressed, you know, to talk about it. Mm. And then he said, having done this myself, it's very important for me. He said, But there will then be next steps from the nation that they will come here. Mm. People from our tradition, which is a tradition of voodoo, to come here and to engage with this site and to perform ceremonies of absolution solution and to try and because their belief system is that their ancestors walk with them yeah mm-hmm. um, but i think that was the thing we were most struck by was that sense of yeah personal totally. it kind of reaches back to what we were just saying earlier as well i think about language you know and mm-hmm. about how things are becoming degraded a bit mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. the, um, that's something i think that's partly why i find that found that story so moving that there was something deeply personal about he had, was creating using his own yeah. words to try and bridge those things and to find a way mm-hmm. to bring it into the personal that and i guess that uh, it's, it wasn't like an artistic thing as in he was creating something for us but it it struck me and moved me in a real way but also in a way that i think artistic efforts often can that it's that sense of individualized voice you know mm-hmm. to find ways to phrase yeah. and embody embody those things you know
2: you know if i were to add yeah. just uh, to to emphasize art and i know we're, we're wrapping up um i agree i really do believe if there's one really clear thing i see it's like um Major factor of how we'll get out of this shit show, like yeah. with all this political stuff and our history and all that stuff, is through art.
4: Yeah, like, yeah, totally. it, like
2: it, you know, it is. And by the way, the um, I just want to shout out the Black Panther soundtrack. Oh yeah, it is
4: super dope. Really I like certain dope. parts of it a lot. Yeah, uh, certain parts I thought didn't work only because they didn't stick with the theme. Anyways, that's a whole okay. nother conversation. Okay. But okay. I did think in general, okay. like when they when they were hitting it. They were killing it.
2: Yeah. Whoever did I, that
4: soundtrack or that Kendrick, score, Kendrick Lamar. He did the whole thing. Kendrick
2: did the whole thing. Produced all level. Oh, the whole that's
4: album. all right. That's pretty rad. Yeah. Kendrick, if you're listening, I got, <laughs> I got, I got a couple of notes. Overall, you did volume, a, volume a pretty good amount. job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty good job.
3: That was, it was Kendrick, You're welcome to come on the show, Peace. You week. are. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to talk about movie. it with you. Yeah. Um, I'll
2: be happy to come back uh, yeah. uh, when Kendrick shows up. I will.
3: You yes. And I will show up
2: when
4: Kendrick shows up. Wait. So you were saying like?
2: Yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was like. It, it it was kind of like I was like yeah I was it it was actually like a good reminder like I feel like Black Panther or even the cre- this in generally I feel like there's been creative things people are doing right now yeah. I found really interesting generally like everyone's kind of doing funky stuff and I'm mm-hmm. like oh, okay and I'm like ah yes I recall you know um you know since I have this artist brain and I have this activist brain I'm often jumping from one to the other sure yeah uh, but my original brain is the artist brain that's the first thing I ever did you know drawing yeah. or whatever that's the first thing I ever ever did so it's something where I'm like. Yeah, that's that's really where it's at. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially oh. when it gets to a point where you can't even fucking like you know, when you can't even talk about it. You know you know sometimes when things are just like beyond you. Yeah. You're just yeah. like this yeah. is just and I've definitely I feel like on a creative level or a spiritual level, I'm reaching a point where I'm like, I've had enough. It's like this yeah. it's like it's like someone refilling your plate and you're like, I'm okay, I've eaten, like yeah. I'm fine, yeah, I'm yeah. full, I'm good. So like creativity yeah. is like Everything well, and that that album is giving me mean, like I'm can, loving that album. Yeah, it's, it, there's some the, tracks yeah. on there I can talk, and you have to listen to them because I had the same I had visceral reactions to some things, yeah. and I was like, nah, I don't like that. I don't like this. But you, if you keep going, it's actually kind of fun. there's a broad yeah.
3: sense yeah. in the in creativity. I think where it's where we all find a shared space, isn't it? It's where we can. It's where there's. Well, it's where shared languages. Can yeah. Exist, well, there's there's no
4: there's thinking. no uh, it's no coincidence that like a lot of artists are also activists because it's yeah. the same thing that makes you I think a great artist and and someone who makes an effective activist is somebody who takes, who feels things strongly and is good at at sending them back out. Mm -hmm. You know,
1: like that's what a great artist does and that's what an effective activist does. Mm -hmm. And the idea of creating versus consuming. Um, and especially in a place like New York, which is, uh, which is like, Transient and transiency leads to consumption, as in, like, people moving in and just taking from a city and a community, or like, they come here for a job which you know raises rent prices or whatever. And it's just like, okay, you know, I saw all of the shows and I ate all of the food and I did all of the things, and now New York is not financially viable for me anymore and so I'm going to go on and that's like an economic way but there's also like I think yeah artists have um we you know the one there's a lot of you know drawbacks to being a a kind of heady artistic person as well in like a practical sense but in a in a positive sense being a creator versus a consumer is adding to yeah um your Communities, your uh, people you're talking to, or something like that, as opposed to just taking. Yeah, um, is I don't know something interesting. That's a, that's that's a
3: nice spot. That's what, I think that's yeah. a nice place to bring us. Yeah, bring us to an end. Yeah how John has to leave. If a- oh yeah, you're yeah. late. Uh, I'm late talking of leaving. Talking of like, I'm leaving my apartment.
4: That's right. Yeah. Mm. Tomorrow. That's right. I'm okay, out. Yeah, packing yeah. Yeah, my stuff. See Bob you want to read us out on our stuff well, yes. Can I finish just quickly I oh, uh, yeah, just would like may.
3: to say I, I didn't mention at the beginning my, um, I have a niece or a nephew who's yeah. come into the world today Oh yay yes, Congratulations uh, I yeah. Uh, yeah. saw yeah. so a little big shout That's out right. If yeah. she's a girl her name is going to be Gwen yeah. And if it's a boy his name is going to be Taliesin that's a Welsh view, then? A boy Gwyn, Taliesin. G-W-Y-N. Taliesin. Ah. Yeah,
2: yeah. Was, uh, I know Taliesin is a girl.
3: Yeah, I think it does get used, but he was, a, in Wales, he was a, one of the first bards, a, a poet. But, um, oh, yeah, interesting. But, yeah. Very cool. The Gwyn- well, the big shout-out to... He's out a too. slightly mythic figure, so I think it's one of those names now that's yeah. broadened, you know. Yeah.
5: Okay. Well,
1: shout-out to the fam. Cool.
4: Best cool.
5: of luck yeah, to yeah. him. Will Just
1: the Gwyn be G-W-Y-N?
3: G-W-E-N for the girl. Uh. And Gwyn, who is a Welsh boy's name, yeah. But Gwen, Gwen, Gwen. Hmm. Ah, yeah. fantastic! Anyway, just talking yeah. a bit. Yeah,
1: no, oh, right. congrats.
4: Yeah,
2: That's welcome huge. to the world. There you go. Welcome to twenty eighteen, baby.
1: <laughs> uh, Agunda, what? Uh, what? What are your social handles? What's anything you want to plug? This is your space.
2: <laughs> sure. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. It was really fun to. Oh, see it yeah. Talk, on. yeah. Thanks Fun. It was, fun. On. It was nice. It was like it was like therapy. I enjoyed it. I really <laughs> um. So uh, my social handle is just um, at Agunda Okeyo, that's A-G-U-N-D-A-O-K-E-Y-O on everything, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. And um, I recently wrote an article for The Progressive, which is like a progressive publication or organization uh, about Black Panther and and trying to bring some um, uh, Pan-African kind of African history to why I think certain elements of the film are interesting. So you, guys, you can find that, uh, Agunda okay? It's at The Progressive. On my Twitter, you'll see it, Facebook, whatever. Uh, and we'll link it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, great. And um, the next Sisters of Comedy is going to be on April 18th at Caroline's on Broadway. It's 7.30 p.m. So I hope you guys um, get tickets. You can just go to www.carolines.com. Uh, and uh, if you ever want to get in touch with me, my website's just agundokeo.com. Like and I'll be actually, I don't know when you guys are putting this up. Tomorrow. tomorrow, tomorrow, I'll be doing a show at Union Hall on Wednesday night. I'm t- uh, this fr- this comedian friend of mine, Michelle Buteau, has a show called Adulting, mm-hmm. so she invited me to come on, and I, I didn't even know who else she had on. You know she else she has on on the lineup. Black thought is on the lineup. No, and I'm like, what? Oh. I, she didn't Are, you. She Are you performing? Like, well, it's like it's. I think it's kind of like a comedic um, improvisation. It's a. Pro- imp- they want you to be off guard, so I, yeah. I don't. It's not like I'm doing like a set. Yeah. So it's some. It's something which I'm walking into. and I'm worried I'm going to embarrass myself. That's essentially. A, Wait, I'm worried called? I'm going to embarrass myself in front of Black Thought. It's called <laughs> adulting. Adulting. I, th- yeah, I, th-
4: I have that same thought every day as I leave my apartment in, in Harlem. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to. I don't want right, to. Right. Right. But, like, exactly. but, but the,
1: the got, big idea
3: that I have. You don't anymore because you have the power of the
1: <laughs> Peter's pants. Gonna, Peter's gonna power of the wa- pants. Power of the pants. Yeah. 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 Peter's going to wind up as a, uh, as a. One of us is going to wind up as like a meme on black Twitter for sure. Like are going to be doing something dumb in the neighborhood and <laughs> take, take a picture of us. Uh, <laughs> and and
2: I'll also be on a show. I'm sorry, I'm also going to be on a show called Dead Darlings next Wednesday. No, the Wednesday, the 13th, March 13th, no, March 14th, Wednesday, March 14th. It's called Dead Darlings. and It's about like things you just didn't get published or were rejected. So it's just you embarrassing yourself with bad writing.
4: Yeah.
2: Thanks. So, um, so I'll be doing that. So
1: adulting will be on tonight because this is going out tomorrow morning. That's right. This morning. Today is Wednesday, February the 28th.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not it's Tuesday, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you still plugging, or are you done?
2: No, I'm done. Oh. And thank you again. That's a lot of plug. I mean,
1: that's a lot of things. I know it's
2: really? I've done. I want to say congrats. I you well, I had you many to say. Well,
1: so.
4: you
2: know, it's it's a it, you know it comes and goes. <laughs> yeah. Other times I'll be coming here and be like, guys, I'm so depressed. No, but, anyway, no, but seriously, yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a good time. Yeah.
4: Right well, thanks for being on the show, Gunda. Yeah. We've been looking forward to it for a while. Great. We've been neighbors for a few years. And yeah. Oh, you know, I'm glad we got to sit and talk again. Yeah, absolutely. You know.
1: Yeah. Um. See, Bob, read us down. What do we got? Uh, we have been the Firescape. You can reach us via email, firescapepod at gmail.com. Hmm. You can get us on Instagram and Twitter at FirescapePod, Facebook, Fire, The Firescape, or Firescape Artists. I am Coulter Longshore. You can find me at Coulter Levi on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I'm Peter Korn. You can find me on the Instagram at Buttermilk
4: underscore Pete. And I don't do the tweeters.
3: I am Hal John, and you cannot find me. You
1: can hmm. find uh, the whales window on Twitter. though. Oh yeah, you can
3: find the whales window oh, yeah. on Twitter. I
1: yeah. turned yeah. that on, yeah, for that yep. project.
3: Indeed, yep. you can find me there at the whales window. Uh, and
1: uh, you can find Little Horse at uh, somewhere in Brooklyn on April fifth. Yeah, dude, we're playing a show. We found are yeah, a show. show. Yeah, First time yeah. in a long time.
3: That's that is their band. For those of you listening, yep. and heard Little Horse, the
4: Little Horse
3: we Will be taken out to pasture. Uh, That's right. I <laughs> think back. back
1: from pasture. Wait, do you know where it is? Um, nope. I forgot what it's called. All right, we We've got a whole yep, month we'll, to plug. We'll you. get there. We'll keep you updated. Um, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, and yeah, th- you know, send us an email with comments, questions, concerns, rating, and review. Uh, and you know, we'll we'll get back with. We'll you. be waiting on an email from you, Kendrick. Yeah, I think
4: <laughs> <you. laughs> we'll see you soon, buddy. Uh, thanks for listening, y'all.
3: Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye.
1: Yeah, what's wrong
5: with the beer we got? I mean, the beer we got drank pretty good,
3: don't it? I ain't never heard nobody complain